Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have back with us the True Art Jiu-Jitsu Boyos, my coach Shannon White, and then also Ben Cena and Devin Kelleher. Now, Ben and Devin have been on the show once before. Uh, They came back on with Coach, and we wanted to kind of get them introduced to you guys, kind of see who they were and whatnot, so that way we can have them, again, back on for segments like this, where you guys kind of already know a little bit about their backstory. Um, They're they're two of the toughest guys in the room. They're really good at jiu-jitsu. They've been main training partners together for quite a while, actually before they even knew Shannon, if you guys haven't listened to their old episode I think today's episode went swimmingly well, except for the fact that I momentarily forgot Ben's last name. <laughs> and I feel like a dumbass. I can't believe I did that. And I do feel really bad, brother. But trust me when I say it'll never fucking happen again. Uh, today, we wanted to talk, well, I wanted to talk about competition and specifically jujitsu competition and how it relates to weightlifting competition as. I miss competing, and I didn't realize how much I missed competing until recently, uh, well, a a few months ago now, I had looked at and downloaded some pictures from my last competition, and just seeing the raw emotions, it just made me realize how much I miss competing. So I wanted to talk to these guys who are obviously major competitors, and I wanted to kind of get their opinions on kind of what I was thinking and what they're thinking and then also what jiu-jitsu competition is like and all that kind of good stuff and then the big question is is should I compete or should I wait a while and then learn a little bit more of what I'm doing I I haven't decided yet obviously and it's a great conversation we had lots of fun so hopefully you guys will enjoy it as much as I know that I did but I'm gonna stop rambling let's get right into the episode please sit back strap in and enjoy our conversation Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us the Jiu-Jitsu Boyos, my coach, uh, Shannon White. What's going on, guys? And also, Ben Cena. You forgot my name. I uh, had to think of it for just a second, which is sad. I'm not showing you single legs anymore. That's all right. I, I love you too. And then Devin Kelleher. What's up, everybody? So the the Boyos have been on the show before. We got to know a little bit of their backgrounds uh, the last time that they were on. So now we're on to just bullshit and have a good time. <coughs> but I specifically wanted to talk about competition today. And it's something that has gotten me a little bit excited recently is like I've been missing competition. And we've been trying to do this for the last, I don't know. Two months, probably, this podcast, but scheduling just kept getting in the way, and we were all busy. So now it's a Saturday afternoon. It's after training. We just had some food, and we're chugging down some energy drinks. (laughs) Ben's trying not to burp on on the mic, and we're going to talk about some competition. So why don't you guys kind of lead off, maybe, and talk about like some of the competitions you guys have done to give people like a background, kind of where we're at? Shannon, you want to go first? Yeah, so... um... 
like when I started jiu-jitsu in 2009, like there really wasn't that many competitions around. Like really like all you had was like a few competitions a year, like back in the day. And they're probably all local stuff, right? Yeah. So like pretty much like the only competitions around was back then was called the Ohio Grappling Challenge, which is called the American Grappling Challenge now. Um, you would have like a few grapplers quests that would come around. Normally that was like on the east or like more on like the east coast, west coast and like in the south. So like Midwest there was really wasn't that many grapplers quests around. You would catch a Naga every now and again, but uh the IBJJF is not something I I ever did until I was a blue belt, so like two or three years into training. Um so like the first competition I ever went to, I had done jujitsu for maybe a couple months and I had only worn a gi like a handful of times and the first competition I went to was submission only and I only so what made you want to do a competition only a few months in well I think it was just like the I like I wrestled my whole life so like competing was something that was very normal to me and I I just wanted to try it because again at the end of the day like you're competing against people that are your belt rank you know what I mean they can that's a good point they can have more skill level than you of course like you know like a, a a plain white belt no stripe white belt which is what I was, and then you could go against like a four stripe white belt who could be training for like two, three years. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like if you have wrestling experience, it's going to be kind of close, at least at the white belt level. So like I only knew like it was submission only, so there were no points. Like so, it was just you had to tap your opponent out. It was no time limit, so it wasn't like they let you go for like ten minutes and then they would just pick a winner if there was no submission. Like you went until someone tapped. Yeah, that's more common now. Like there's a time limit. There's points. Yeah, you win on that. Normally. Yeah, for sure. So like. The hard part is if you like, I think I only knew like two or three submissions, and that was it. So I knew like what a darse was, a triangle, and like uh, uh, like a guillotine. That was pretty much it, and they were all like really pathetic. <laughs> You've only been training for a few months. That makes right, sense. Right? Yeah, I didn't really know that many. The only the only reason I knew like those submissions were because of like I saw them in MMA. Okay. Like watching the UFC, so I didn't even really know any submissions. So it was just kind of like. My whole thing was like, okay, well, hopefully I can I can grapple long enough and tire them out to where I – like uh, maybe I don't know a lot about submissions, but hopefully I can get them tired enough to where like this shitty submission that I go for, <laughs> they'll eventually tab to it, so it worked out. Fair enough. So, yeah, that was like the first ever competition was at a place called Suplex City. That was the name of it. It was like a wrestling facility for like high school kids to go to and like middle school and youth kids to wrestle in. And um, so I, I competed there and uh, – you know, it's it's always good to like go and like because the videos of like that tournament are still on YouTube and like it's kind of funny like you go back and watch and see like because people think like oh you, you not not that I think I'm like amazingly good at jujitsu but people think like oh you know like you're you're good at it it's like yeah but go back ten years ago like I sucked just like how everybody else sucked yeah. when they started that's kind of how that yeah, works yeah exactly but you get better you know what I mean so it's always funny to go back and look and <laughs> when people watch they're like I watch it and I'm like oh fuck. God I was really horrible <laughs> yeah God I was fucking terrible you know because there's like funny funny parts of that last about now but yeah like then you do like different formats of tournaments like some tournaments i went to were more um like so some were submission only some were timed points um that was pretty much the basis of like the very first experience i had with competing in jiu-jitsu was just a submission only environment which was cool um but if you know a lot of submissions it's it's cool but if you don't know a lot you're kind of like oh fuck this is this is going to take a little bit of time yeah to figure this out like i'm about to get my ass beat yeah so, but it was a good experience. Like competing in jiu-jitsu is fun. Um, it definitely seems like more of a fun time than a lot of other competitions, just because you can get a, you're going to get beat up a lot more like somewhere else. It seems like whether it be MMA, like yeah. Devin used to do, or even other other kind of sports in general. Whereas this is like you're going to go out, yeah, it's going to be rough for a few minutes or what have you, but then everybody's going to shake hands, walk off the mat, and it's no big deal. 
Right. Unless it's submission only, and then you could be out on the mat for an hour. That's a very good point. I didn't think about that. No, Tyler, <laughs> I'm thinking like six-minute rounds. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Six-minute round is, is a six-minute round, but when you're out on the mat for 45 minutes, an hour in a, in a match. like That's it, a whole it, different ballgame. It's game. a whole different – yeah, it's a whole other game that, that you had to be prepared for. That's a good point. Both physically and mentally. <laughs> I think probably more mentally. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Pull your mic up just a touch. Ben, what was the first competition you did? Uh, first competition I did, um, it was just some backwoods. I don't even know what the promotion was called. Um, what made you um, want to get into the competition? Um, you know, I, I was a blue belt at the time and it was just kind of like, Hey, you want to come try this? Um, so you've been training for a few years. Yeah. On and off. Um, it was right after my MMA fight actually. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a logical transition okay. Keep competing, but not get beat up in the training as much was i familiar you had an mma fight if so i completely forgot yeah i think we talked about okay last time, i must have completely forgot uh, yeah. how long have you trained for that uh i was in grad school so probably like six months and then <laughs> six months i'm gonna just jump in a cage and get punched in the face it'd yeah. be awesome i mean i did karate growing up so i like had a uh, at least some kind some of foundation striking background yeah. yeah but it was nothing like what okay. i should yeah. have had what, what's the comparison for you to, between mma and jujitsu for like competition wise I like the competition in jiu-jitsu a lot better. Um, there seems to be less maliciousness, um, I guess is a good way to put it. That's you know, fair enough. Um, somebody catches you in, in, let's say, an arm bar in a jiu-jitsu match. You know, you tap, they let it go. They might just straight up crank on it in MMA. At least that's the feeling I had when I was competing in both. Um, so, you know, I feel safer, which allows you to kind of explore your game a little bit more, um, try new things. And if you mess up who cares it's it's all fun makes sense Devin, you sir yeah so i'll i'll start kind of like what you said i i jumped into mma first that was the goal that was the reason you yeah know, we I, talked about that last time you came on you had what three fights i had uh six yeah i had six all together so when i was getting ready for my first one i was mainly just doing you know no gi jiu-jitsu no no gi i i didn't want to do I didn't want to wear the gi uniform. I didn't want to do the grips or anything. I Those damn it. pajamas. I just, yeah. The only reason I was doing, you know, doing gi at the time is because they were making us do it to get us fights. So, you know, that, that transitions over to no gi, which then transitions over to the fight. So, um, Stop breathing in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. You need to close your mouth. Just don't breathe in the mic. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, I guess competition, you know, competition-wise and competing and having that mindset kind of began – around MMA if we're going to go more towards like the combat sports. Um, I, I think I talked about last time I, I played football my whole life yeah. and you know, there was, there was competition there, but you know, it, it was more of it's like fierce a fierce competition, but it's different because you're part of a team. It was team based. Like you're a yeah. unit. Yeah. Even if you fuck up, it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world. My team's going like, to like pick me up or do something different. And exactly. In MMA, it's like you're out there in your underwear, punch each other in the face. Like it's a little different. Exactly. Yeah. So even, you know, leading up to the competition when I'm, you know, getting ready. I, I always liked, I liked training when I knew I had something coming up, you know, competition wise. It's it good. does make things easier, yeah. doesn't it? It gives you a purpose to come into the gym and really work hard. Exactly. Yeah. Good motivation. I'm, I'm always thinking about it. Like, you know, I was in college at the time and that's, that's all I was thinking about was just, you know, what, what I was going to do and envision it in my head, you know, whether I had my hand raised, if I was in a difficult position, what I was going to do then always ended it with getting my hand raised, no matter what I would just sit there and think about it. So, um, and then leading up to it, it was definitely different you know, then coming from a team based sport like football, when I'm sitting there, you get my hands wrapped and everything. And I'm looking at my coaches in and knowing that it's just going to be me going in there. And I'm like, oh, why? why That's got to be such a crazy yeah. feeling. And 
every time I would be getting my hands wrapped, I'm thinking, like, why, why the fuck did I even sign up? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's I'm, a normal thing <laughs> to think. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking about, you know, going out and getting getting drunk afterwards and stuff, and that, that's all I want. So, But, you know, as it gets closer and, you know, you're, you're starting to warm up and – um, I know that I'm the one on deck and I'm, you know, waiting out in the hall, waiting to walk out. Then it's, it, you just snap into it. It's like, I'm just, just training again, pretty much walking into the cage, walk around. Um, I, I just go into, into training then it's, you know, whatever you drilled for that training camp, your body just takes over and that's it. So. Did you have that same kind of thing with jujitsu as well? Did you have the same kind of nerves and worry and everything, or was it? Uh, a little bit less than was for like MMA. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a little bit less because now I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get punched in the face or anything, or <laughs> you know, kicked in the ribs or something like that. It, I totally so, get it. So it's good going into that, and and also the good thing is, is I mean, you know, having having training partners like you know Ben Shannon and, and Timmy right here too, like you know, shout out to T, whoever whoever you're very quiet right now. <laughs> Whoever, I'm whoever, proud of you, but whoever's across from you, you know, across from you in the mat, I, I know that they're they're not going to do nearly what these guys try to do to me in the training room either. So I'm not, I'm not. I mean, it's a pretty fierce atmosphere here at True Art. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I, I was warned before coming here, almost like, hey, those guys go really, really hard. It's it's it may not be for you. And I, I came here and I, and I watched a, um, uh, I think it was an open mat. Um, just to kind of get like a, a feel for the gym and do all that kind of stuff. And I saw every, everybody, you know, it's, it's not just the killers like you're talking about that go really, really hard. And mm-hmm. like, there's everybody, there's people just kind of flowing and working on stuff and drilling and doing that kind of thing. As I came to a class, I think the following week, I wanted to see an actual structured class and see how that went. And I, it was no different than anywhere else I'd seen, except for like you guys that like to go hard, like you kind of stay off to one side, you call it the deep end of the mm-hmm. gym, you know, and you guys go hard. Everybody knows that. But the same thing is like when you guys roll with white belts, like you, you're playful, you're allowing them to work positions, you're screwing around with them. You might smack them around a little bit because it's funny, but but you're not just smashing their faces into the into the mat and just destroying them the entire time either. So it's it's like that, that give and take of like you guys know when it's time to go hard, we're going to go hard. Yeah. But when it's also it, it's being good training partners for everybody else, which is which is pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. So and I mean, you know what you just said, having having that mindset, you know, while I'm thinking about getting ready, I know that I have, you know, that support and that that structure, the team that we have and that reputation behind me, too. Which which means a lot and it helps a lot when you're going into competition, you know, because, you know, as Shannon says, as long as you, you know, give everything you got, don't give up, you know, fight till the end, whatever happens, you know, we come back, we work on what happened or, you know, you win, we go on to the next one. It, it's, you know, it, it's good having that that structure and that camaraderie behind you. Exactly. Too. I was like, when, when I first started jujitsu, I was just coming out of my competitive weightlifting career. And I was like, I've done a lot of competing. I've done all those kind of things. And I've had a bunch of people ask me like, Hey, you're going to compete. You're going to compete. I'm like, I don't think so. I mean, like I've, I've done enough. Like I want to learn. Like I think jujitsu is a beautiful art. And I remember the first time I ever rolled was with a 150 pound dude and he kicked my ass. I'm like, I'm literally twice your size. Like I should be killing you, but I'm not. I need to learn this. Right. So I was, I'm learning all these kind of things. That's great. And I remember it was a few months ago, which is what spurred this. You know, the whole reason for this podcast is that I was looking at the last competition that I did for the 2019 Arnold trying to qualify for Worlds, and I saw some of the pictures and I saw some of the emotion. It was a very rough day for me, whereas it was like the culmination of my career, and I realized I'm not. I didn't get as far as I wanted to. I didn't make it to the Worlds like I wanted to. And I, I saw all that like pain and anguish on my face. But I also remember the day and it was like a crazy day in the back room and I was focused and I was ready. And like, there's nothing quite like competition to kind of bring you into the zone, at least for me. 
that's kind of I've always been like a game day competitor. I'm always better like in competition on, on game day. That's always been me. And I remember like looking at those pictures, like I kind of missed that emotion. I kind of missed those. Just I mean, I can't hide it. I mean, I'm just I, at the time I was frustrated. I I had missed lifts that I needed to make to qualify, and and it was it was painful. It hurt. And it was like, shit, I kind of missed that. I, I kind of think I want to compete. Like, holy shit. Yeah. But I always kind of told myself when I first started, well, if I do compete, I probably should wait till like blue belt. Because, I mean, coach says it all the time. It's like the two most dangerous people in the room are white belts. That's why I love rolling with you guys. Like, I mean, I can't hurt you. And I know you're not going to hurt me. So I feel very safe with white belts. Like, who the hell knows what's going to happen? So I always kind of thought, like, why would I go to a competition with a guy my size? Well, I'm a big guy. And, like try to fight another white belt. This seems dangerous to me. <laughs> that was kind of always my mindset. But again, then I, I saw the pictures like, well, shit, <laughs> I yeah. think I kind of want to go compete. Yeah. And I mean, after competition, you know, you were talking about, you know, it, it does suck when you don't kind of hit those goals. But at the same time, like after we went to uh, Chicago, you know, we had a great time afterwards. Now we, explain what, what'd you go to Chicago so for? We went to Chicago for the uh, IBJJF Chicago open. Um, None of us took gold, but we all had a blast. You know, it, how many people if, competed? Uh, we had what six, six people, six, six, yeah. Yeah. six competitors. Yeah, but you know, like you lose, you're pissed off for twenty minutes, and then you've got these guys all hanging out, you know, just shooting the shit, making fun of each other, and by the time you get back in the car to go home, shower, and actually drive back to Cleveland, like. Who cares? You had fun. Yeah, you know? and, and that's a big thing because in those IBJJF tournaments, if I understand correctly, like you're you're driving out, or we're driving out things. We're close enough to drive to Chicago, yeah. so you're going to get out there, and it's just luck of the draw wherever you're at, and you go till you lose. But you Pretty could much. go out first match and lose, and you're going home. Like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. You could go out in the first match and fight the best guy in your bracket. Yeah, right so, away. So it's it's yeah. just random, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no like the black belts. They have like seeds based on your rank, but I mean, as far as I know, like with the color belts, I don't know if they do that. But you know, if you're a guy that's never competed really at a high level, you know what I mean, and, you, and you're not hitting the IBJJF circuit as much as you can. I mean, you could go out your first match and fight, you know, a really high level dude right off the rip. And yeah, I mean, there's no like people think like in jujitsu, like if you go to the world championships and you look at like blue belt lightweight or like blue belt middleweight there'll be over 150 competitors i mean there'll be like 125 150 plus competitors okay so and they're gonna whittle that down to one yeah but the thing is is like i always tell people like if you okay so let's say like people think that well like with jujitsu that you know i always say i love asking people that question like how many people do you think compete at the world championships in jujitsu and most people are like i don't know maybe a few hundred okay it's the largest competition in the world, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships. Like, there's like the Euros is huge, the Pan Ams is huge. There's almost four thousand competitors Holy that compete at the worlds. You know what I mean? People don't realize how big these tournaments are. So let's just—they don't have white belt, so they have the novice worlds for the white belt. But let's just say for the World Championships, they have blue belt through black belt. So that's four. There's nine weight classes in Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, nine. Pretty sure. So nine times four. Quick math. Was it thirty-six? Thirty-six. Okay. So 36 people of 4,000 go unbeaten. Yeah. So when you, they're, they're the champs. So like when you walk around the Walter Pyramid, which is where it's held in Long Beach, California, where the worlds are. Until this year where they hold it in Texas. Right, yeah. Or they move, like freedom. Or they move or wherever. But you walk around and 36 of those 4,000, that's not even 
are undefeated. Everybody else lost. Everybody else got their hearts broken. Yeah, everybody else lost. And I'll tell you, like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, losing losing a jiu-jitsu match is kind of like, it depends on your on what you want out of jiu-jitsu. Like, if you're a high-level competitor, losing can be pretty devastating. But you know that it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. At a high level, like, you're going to get caught. Like, guys are going to catch you. You're going to get tapped. You're, like, there's plenty of guys that are at a really high level in jiu-jitsu that have been submitted. I mean, you've, you've said it multiple times, like, here at the gym. It's like, if, if you're at blue belt, you can make a couple mistakes. You know, yeah. purple belt, you can make a few yeah. less. And by the time yeah. you get to black belt, like, zero. You yeah, can't like, make yeah. a mistake. Well, it depends on what level of black belt. You know, no, that's so a good like, point so too. like if you go to like a Naga and you fight like a hobbyist black belt, you could probably make a few mistakes. But if you go on the mat with like an elite level black belt that's like ranked in the world, more than likely you're not going to be able to make any. And if you're not like an elite level grappler, you're probably either not going to be able to make any mistakes because they're going to tap you out so fast that it really doesn't matter. They don't even give you the opportunity. <laughs> that's a good point. Or I didn't you, think about that. Or if you do make a mistake, that's it. Like you're either going to get submitted or they're going to put you in a position that you're just never that that affected like you're never going to be able to recover. And the match is over at that point. So like even people think like oh if you get swept for example like you know you give up two points for a sweep that could be the match right there. They're like well all I got to do is get back on top of him. Well good luck. Yeah, good luck. Like I mean on an elite level dude, I mean moving us around is pretty difficult, but moving those guys is a completely different animal. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like with with competition it brings out pretty much like all of your fears that you have. So when you go out on the mat, I don't care who you are. I mean, some people aren't, aren't, aren't like this, but like for me, you know, I don't sleep real well the night before. I, I'm not, I don't eat anything that day. Like my, my, my stomach is in knots. My hands sweat real bad. Like I, I just feel kind of like I just don't feel right, you know? Yeah. And the, my first match is always the worst. You know, I go out there and like I'm slow. I'm slow to get started. I've never been a fast starter. And there are some guys, man, they come out like they're not real good in the training room. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, eh, you know, they're not really all that impressive. And then in competition, when the lights come on, I'm, oh, my God, man, they, they're on fire. I'm a complete opposite. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just not that way. But if I get through my first match, I'm okay. You know, I just got to get my nerves out a little bit, and then I realize. Yeah, they like, kind of okay, settle yeah, in and just yeah. kind of play your game. But it's it's a lot getting used to, man. Like, you know, I tell you guys, like, I, I tell my students too, like, you know, if you get a choke, try to not choke the face. You know, if you get a hold of the arm, control the submissions. Like in competition, that all goes out the window, you know, because in the training room you don't want to hurt each other, but in competition, like, I'm gonna tell you, sure, I'm gonna fuck if I choke your face. I don't give a fuck if I crank on your arm. I I don't care, because I don't know if you're gonna extend that same courtesy to me. I mean, I've had guys fucking cross choke, like ha- literally have none of my neck and just have just literally my eyeballs, like just choking across my face, trying to squeeze my head like a fucking grape, trying to crush it. And at that point, like you're it's 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 keeping your emotions in check, which is like one thing that's really hard to do as a competitor is that you don't get pissed off and be like, OK, now I'm mad. And like you just start. It's almost like you start fighting. That seems to be like the death of jujitsu. Right. Yeah. That's like when your jujitsu just goes out the window. Yeah. Whereas, like, the guys that are really, really solid competitors, like, they don't fight with emotion. Like, they don't get upset. They don't lose focus because they've done it for so long. Yeah. So, like, people are like, well, how do I get used to competing? You just have to do it for years and years and years and years. Compete every month for the next two years, and now, then you'll never get scared. Like, no, that's, that's a good point that I actually wanted to ask you because, like, in weightlifting, like, my coach is always trying to get everybody to compete early, compete often. Get right. them used to competing because right. again, it's it's different. You're in the back room, you're warming up, you're not in the same gym where you're used to. 
there's distractions, people are walking in front of you. It's like right. your music's not playing. It's it's different. So right. some people really struggle with that. Is that what it's like for jujitsu? Like if you want to compete, okay, let's again compete as much as you can, compete all the time, like do it a, a lot, or is it just hey, let's train really hard and then we'll pick some bigger ones to go to, or how does that work? So the difference you guys can jump into it. Yeah, the right. difference between competing in jujitsu and in any other sport. So that's not an individual sport. So like let's use weightlifting. The difference between jujitsu and weightlifting in terms of competition is that, in my opinion, is that when you can't lift a weight up, that weight has no emotion. Exactly. It's an inanimate object that does not move unless I pick it up yeah. or shift it to That's one of the great things about it. it. It's just you against the bar on that day. Right. Whereas if the hardest thing, one of the hardest things about jiu-jitsu is losing is that, like for me, the reason that I love the individual sports is that it's me and you. And if I beat you, I'm better than you. And if you beat me, you're better than me. And I don't like to lose. And so like when you lose in your head, you're like, I lost to a guy and he's better than me. So for a lot of men, especially, that's a very hard pill to swallow. It's very difficult. Yes. So for the most part, like when guys compete, I think at a high level, they don't have a problem. With, it's not that they don't have a problem with losing, but they they kind of expect it. Like if you lose to like one of the top ranked guys in the world, it's kind of like okay, man, you know what I mean? He's really high ranked. He's got a lot of titles behind him. Like he's good. But if you're like an average hobbyist grappler, like let's say you're running the mill purple belt, you know what I mean? You go to a, 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 like a local Naga tournament and you lose, you know what I mean? You might take that more harshly than a guy that's a world champion that loses to a guy that maybe is a, a world bronze medalist. 100 percent. You know what I mean? Because so, you're thinking like, oh, I should have beat them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like if you go out. And you like if I went to like a, the ADCC trials and I grappled, you know, Gordon Ryan, I under no way I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, like if I lose to Gordon Ryan, I'm like, damn, I'm not going to dwell on it. Like the dude's one of the, he's the best pound for pound dogie grappler in the world. Like I don't expect to beat someone like that. I'm going to go out and try my best. But if I lose, then I'm not going to be like, yeah, you, I mean, I hate to say it. Like, yeah, you kind of almost expect to. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they do. Like, but it's how, you. But, it, but at the end of the day, it's how you go out of the mat. That's what I always tell everybody. It's not, it, I don't give a fuck if you out and you, and you, and you lose. But if you go on the mat and you're afraid, then that's a problem. Don't go on the mat and be scared. What would they be scared of? Losing? Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest. That I'll tell you, like, in my life growing up, wrestling my whole life, is my biggest fear in life is the fear of failure in anything I do. Being a failure. Because when you lose, like, I didn't realize for the longest time of my life that wrestling, I was wrestling to, like, try to win for like my coach and try to win for my teammates and like to make my parents happy. It's not to fucking win for myself. So like when you go, but I didn't realize like when I'm out here, like y'all motherfuckers ain't out here. You know what I mean? Like it's just me and this guy Yeah. and I have to fucking put him down on his back and pin him. You know, if I lose this match, you know, we could lose this, the dual meet or whatever. But with jujitsu, it's like if you go out on the mat and you're afraid it's always it's okay, like in my opinion, it's okay to be afraid to fail. Like I get that, but it's never okay to be afraid of the guy standing across from you. I, I get that. Like there's there's nothing wrong with having the fear of like to lose and all that shit. I get that. That's totally understandable because if you work really fucking hard and you train your ass off, nobody wants to be a fucking loser. You don't want to fail after you fucking train your ass off. But at the end of the day, like. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you stand across from me, I'm not fucking scared of you. Like, what's the worst that happens? You fucking submit me, and we walk off the mat, and that's it. But I'm yeah. not scared of you. Like, 
at the end of the day, I'm not going to fucking cower down and just let you beat my ass. Like I'm going to try as hard as I can and you might maybe still beat me. That's that's It is what it is. Yeah. But it's when people walk out on the mat and they're afraid because the reason that they're scared is because they don't know. They're like, did I train hard enough for this? So I hope that when any time these fucking guys go out in competition, that they're not afraid because they're like, I worked my ass off to be here. If this dude's going to beat me. He's got to push me to the point of where I've been in training and then a little bit more. So good luck. And some people don't train like that. So you see it in competition. They go out on the mat and then they break like mentally. They can't take it. Like they, they haven't been pushed like that in training. They start to breathe real heavy. You can just physically see it. Like for me, it's not a physical. You it, can it, feel it. I can feel it. Like I can. Also, what do you mean? You know, I, I think like, I think what it is is that it's almost like someone lets air out of like a balloon. It's kind of as I would really? describe it. It's kind of like they just. <sighs> like a sigh. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, it's a lot like of times you can hear when you can literally hear sometimes. You know when you're you're about to pass somebody, and then they they either go like, "Oh shit," or yeah, then you know, you know. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm usually like slapping the face, going, "Damn it, damn it!" Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the big thing, man. As I tell you, like, if well, that's you, like, if you do that shit, you know, if I hear you do that, you're dead. Because yeah. at that point, I'm not I'm not tired anymore because yeah. I know you're about to give up. And if you give up, then it gives I, I, you I'm energy. not afraid anymore. Yeah. yeah, I'm not scared. Don't like let me know. <laughs> yeah, like when, I'm, when I was wrestling, like if I was tech falling a kid, like beating a kid, I'm going to beat him by 15 points. I was never afraid because I was like, you're probably not going to be able to do anything to me that's going to bring you back into this match. So I'm not afraid. I'm not breathing heavy. I'm not nervous. But when matches are real close, you know what I mean? Your anxiety's up because it's like, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. Whereas once the guy quits in jujitsu and you feel him take that like big, big like sigh or he gives up the guard pass or just lays there in the mount, then I'm not scared anymore because I know you're not going to fight anymore. You already quit once. You're going to do it again. Even yeah. if you get your breath back, you're going to quit again eventually. So it, just for me, I, I think it's a much more like you can see it in people's like faces. That's like where I see it. Okay. In like the the look in their eyes and then like their facial expressions. Where they just kind of give up and yeah, then you know the match is kind of over. Yeah. Like mm. yeah. You were starting to yeah. jump in there. What they, were you thinking? I I was just gonna say like you can you can also feel it like in their posture, um, you know how quick their movements are, how precise they are. Um, you know, going back to Chicago. Um, Sorry. No, no you're good. Just speak up a little bit. I got bit. you. Uh, going back to Chicago, like the first two matches I had, both the guys quit. And I could f- as soon as you feel it, you're like, all right, so you, it's game you on. Just, let's so go. You, so you, well, your game is kind of a lot of pressure, too. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to wear to them do down. That. So so you, you you obviously executed your game plan. You went right. in, you wore them down, you made them quit. Right. And then you just made them your bitch. Yeah. And then it's, <laughs> and then it's all right, let's go. You know, I feel good. Let's go. Get a sweep. Get on top. Get your points. Either secure the win or get the sub. You know. Yeah. You're going to compete how you train. Yeah. That's the biggest, like, misconception, I think, in sports is people think, like, they can walk into any 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 physical sport and go through the motions and then be like, I'm just going to go out and turn it on in competition. And guess what? There are very few people that can do that. There's probably, like, one in, like, a thousand people that could just be, like, the laziest piece of shit you can think of in the training room, not put in any effort, and then walk out on the mat in competition. Yeah, I mean, you have to be the freak of all freaks. Right. Get out of here. It's possible. There are people out there I've heard that can do that, but I'm going to tell you, guys that train at a high level, like how they spar in in the training is how they spar in competition. Because, like I said, you're not going to be able to, like, you're not going to be able to spar like a six minute round and then go take a break for a round and be like, all right, I'm okay. And then go back out. You have to learn how to compete when you get tired and you have to know what it's like to get drug like into that. We say like the deep waters 
then you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. You're either going to find a way to stay above water and continue to fight, or you're just going to drown. And at the end of the day, there's plenty of people that drown. I think that's the biggest reason a lot of times why people are afraid of competing too is afraid of getting tired like that. Mm-hmm. Like afraid of getting to that point where they're about to break, but you need to keep going and there's still like two fucking minutes left and yeah. it's hard It's hard to get past that. I think that's yeah. just like a matter of their ego, like yeah. just not being yeah. able to let that yeah. go. It's 100%. like, hey, I got my ass beat. It is what it is. Like not being able to just walk away from that. Oh yeah, a lot of people have a well, hard time with that. Yeah. yeah, I think they think that like when they go out and compete in jiu-jitsu that, you know, it's similar to how they roll in training and it's not it's different you know i mean it is different but at the same time like well you were just saying like how they roll in training is how they're going to compete so so what makes it different yeah intensity so the intensity of the match itself like you like you hear me say like all the time like especially like if you're sweeping someone you have to come up and fucking plant them on their backs and get on top of them because like i'm gonna tell you like if you come up and sweep me and you let me go, I'm going to stand up. Like, I'm not going to let you just get on top of me willingly. Like, I don't just give up sweeps easy. I don't rarely let people just pass my guard for no, like, without, like, actually getting, like, by it. Like, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, go ahead, go through. Like, I don't do that. Like, a new guy, like, I'll let them train. Well, that's different, though. Yeah, You're sure. helping them learn the process. But for a lot of people, like, they realize they go out there and they think that they're going to be able to, like, control their emotions and themselves when they compete. And then they freeze up. They like, they like, you can see it. Like they, they kind of like clinch up real hard That's a good and they point. freak out. So like they're kind of, like, oh. and then everything that they know about jujitsu goes out, out the, the window, window and they don't know anything. No, that makes so much sense. Cause like how many times you guys heard the old saying, it's like, oh, it's fight or fight or flight and all this kind of bullshit. Like, no, there's three. <laughs> it's, it's fight, yeah. flight or freeze. Yeah. And most people freeze. fucking freeze. freeze. Yeah. Agreed. Like, so, like yeah. You, you can see that like in. I hate to say it, like mass shootings or what have you, you see yeah. that kind of stuff. And most people are just standing there looking dumbfounded. Yeah. It's like, fucking move. Like, yeah. run, kick something in the balls, do, yeah. do something. Get the right. fuck out of there. Like, it's easy to say, too, from the outside, you know, when you're not. Yeah, when you're yeah. Not yeah but that's what like, I mean. Oh, like, you know, but most people this, are going to resort to that. Yeah. But I think, like, with being a, a, an instructor and, like, being around people that have done competition at, at regardless of the level, I think that's why we are so understanding of when people go out and we say, like, don't shit the bed. You know I mean, don't <laughs> you know, don't, don't screw up. But I think the reason that we are so understanding about people that don't have success in competition is because we've all been there. We've all gone out and froze. You know what I mean? And, yeah, that's and, how you and, learn, and, right? Yeah, and it's like, hey, man, it's happened to me too. Like, it's okay. And you'll get used to it. And you will. You know what I mean? It just takes time of going out and competing over and over again. But I think like what jujitsu is, you know, the, the, the aspect of me and you and we're going for submissions. Like, I, I could fucking strangle you to death if I wanted to. In, in this fucking tournament. I think I think that's one of the big things that, like you guys said, it made guys feel so bad about first competing is because they're afraid of their, you know, their egos bruised. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, this is simulating combat. Yeah. And it's like, if you're tapping to somebody, you're saying, okay, yeah. you would have killed me in an altercation. Yeah, literally. Were, or maimed. But yeah, 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 yeah but would. exactly. It's like, so it's, for most yeah. people, it's hard to let go of that. But that's like where pride gets in the way. Yeah. For sure. Like, I've been in competitions with guys have had me in submissions, and I won't, I, like, I haven't tapped to them, and they suck. You get up the next day and you hurt. Like, I felt my fucking tendons and my knees stretch, my elbows, like, fucking pop and shit, get caught, like, in real deep chokes and have to get out of them. And, like, sometimes you get out of the chokes, and you don't even know what you're, like, where you are when you come out because you're, like, hallucinating almost. You're, like, That's not even because the walls so, start to yeah, close so in. Yeah. tight, and then you get out. But most of the time, like, I've gotten out before and, like, turned and looked at my partner and just, like, fell over because I, I was so out of it. Yeah. And then you're just fighting. So it's the easiest two points I've ever got in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you have to get to the point where competition 
and training is the same thing and you can correlate between them. So there are days that even high level competitors don't spar hard every day. You know what I mean? They don't have to. When it's comp training, yeah, man, they get after it. You know, I've talked to a lot of high level dudes in jiu-jitsu that are high level competitors and they will tell you the same thing. Like the, how hard they train, how hard they spar, everything is kind of mapped out, how they do it. Yeah, they, for like a 12 to 16 week cycle. But that's probably about it. They're not even it. training that long. Oh, really? No, they're not training that long. Does it say we only trained what eight eight weeks for a fight to win? You can't train that. That seems long. like an awfully short cycle to but get you yourself can, ready. So but hard. you can't, man. You know what I mean? Like people think like it's not the same as doing any other sport because like what you did to is so physical because like with any other sport, would name another sport other than wrestling where people are prying on your joints the way they're not supposed to go. You know what I mean? So you do that every day. So that's not even trained twice a day, not even including strength conditioning or like running sprints or anything like that. So let's just say you train like every, I don't know, you train four times a week. Okay. So you do that. There's a lot of training sessions, but every training session pretty much is competition style. Okay. So you get. So what does that mean? Competition style compared to like a regular training session? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so let's say. So explain that for people listening. So let's say like you warm up and then there's really no instruction. I'm not showing you technique. I'm telling you everybody get in this specific spot. So close guard, full mount, half guard, the main positions that you're going to see in jiu-jitsu, uh, full mount, the back with hooks, uh, quarter guards, things like that. Just positions in jiu-jitsu that you'll find yourself in in competition. Uh, you could even start in submissions, start in triangles, start in arm bars, start in uh, like a double collar choke from the back, uh, one arm or naked choke, and then go. So your whole thing is you're starting in like bad positions or as the top guy, you're starting in a dominant position. Yeah. Your job is to either hold and so submit. So obviously the person in the compromised position is trying to get to out of that. Escape. So they're working on defense. And then attack. And then the other person is like they're half into it. So it's like, right. how do I finish from right. here? Right. And then you do that for, so let's say it's an hour and a half That's, that's a lot different than the normal yeah. kind of drilling days will, where we're, yeah. oh, let's work, let's work on open guard yeah. today and we're going to do this. Like, no, that's. So you're going to positionally spar for. I don't know, 45 minutes, and then you're going to spar for probably no, another no, half ex- hour. Explain positionally sparring for people who may not know what that so means. So like positional sparring is just what I said. Like You'll start in one of the dominant positions in jiu-jitsu, and then from that point, you're going. So if I start in the mount, I'm trying to go for submission from the mount. So we're starting there. I'm not mounting you and then going. Yeah, and what's good about that is like, if if you if you get out of that position, if your partner sweeps you, then reset. Yeah, go again. Get back in, go again. Find it's your it's way about out. reps in that one spot, but it's more like a live go so than it is just drilling. Your body will only hold up depending upon how well you take care of yourself. Like I don't, like sixteen weeks is so fucking long. In sixteen weeks, like I don't need you amped up that long. Because at the end of the day, like the closer that the tournament gets, the more like anxiety, the more your nerves yeah. will be on edge. I don't need you like that for sixty fucking weeks. Because at that point, it's like a job. Jujitsu is not a job to a guy that's a hobbyist competitor. You can train hard, and I can. You can literally get as much out of training for like eight weeks as you can for sixteen. But the thing is, the difference is like sixteen is that at some by the point time you get there, you'll be kind of but, worn yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But by the you time you get there, too. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you're gonna get there. Enough. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna get there and be like, nah, dude, this is just. I don't know why I did this. You know what I mean? I want you to more look forward to the competition as opposed to like it just because sixteen weeks is a long fucking time. Yeah, that's, that's it's a long fucking month. I mean, even in weightlifting, our normal training cycles were like twelve weeks. Yeah. So we would we would prep for a competition twelve weeks out, yeah. but it would be like twice a year. Because it'd be also, for states, yeah. or for some people, it might be like the AO or nationals or whatever. It'll be like right. the two big meets a year. Right. Like, that'd be yeah. it. Because so the rest like, of it, and, you just be training normally. And by the time we get to that eight week spot, you know, in the in the room, you know, we usually have 
four or five, six guys fighting, but everybody kind of picks everybody else up. All right. right. I think that so, we had talked about that before. Whereas, when, like the the gym is like a like a like a wave, right? So right. sometimes when everybody's training hard, like the wave kind of goes up, and like a rising tide raises all ships. Everybody right. kind of goes up with that. It's it's been kind of cool to witness that the last few months because like we just kind of went through one of those like here at the gym. People got back from not training because of COVID mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. Everybody was kind of in a lull for a couple of months. Everybody's kind of getting reacclimated. I mean, fuck, I can remember my one of my first days back. I was rolling with T, and he's like, "I'll oh, do a sweep." I'm like. What's the sweep? What do I do? I don't even know. Oh my god! Right. I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot everything." Now imagine right. that that feeling right there. Times it by twenty, and that's what competitions like. Yeah, exactly. Because everything just so kind you of, can't even do it in the gym. Well, that, that's that's, that's, like. the, that's a great thing of like of competition, right? Because you fall back to your lowest level of training. Right. Everybody thinks they're going to rise to the occasion. It right. just doesn't work that way. But that's why I tell everyone, like with jujitsu, you can't know fucking a hundred moves. Because I'm going to tell you this, like when you go to competition, you like, let's say your skill level is the size, let's just use something like a beach ball. Okay. That's like the size of your game. When you go to competition, that motherfucker is going to shrink to like a tennis ball. Okay. In terms of the moves that you're going to go for. Of what so, you're familiar yeah. with, what you're so, good at, what you've repped a bunch. So if, game. You, so if you yeah. know like a hundred fucking moves, that's going to leave you with like probably like 40 moves and you might not be that good at them. But if you only know like 20 moves and it shrinks to, I don't know eight uh you're probably pretty good at those eight fucking moves and they're gonna be really hard to yeah, stop and that's one doing. of the great things that yeah. you talk about all the time here at the gym is like hey you don't need to learn everything no get really good at yeah. basic things but yeah. more importantly things that work at a high level because yeah. if they work at a high level yeah. they'll work at any level i can look at any position pretty much just and be like yeah that shit don't work <laughs> which like, which is interesting like, that bullshit don't work so so a stupid thing that i thought of because I remember I went and saw uh, a local competition I saw you guys at just before I uh, came back to the gym. I think it was actually in between seeing an open mat and an actual class because I'd already met you, I think. Right. Because um, I saw you guys there. And I thought, I'm watching all the heavyweights compete, which some of them scared the shit out of me because they're big and they had no idea what the hell they were doing. I'm like, oh, God, that just looks dangerous. But I'm thinking this like, in my mind, it's like, okay, well, if I wanted to compete at this kind of level, I need to get my ass into the gym. But not not the jujitsu gym, like a regular gym. Get on the fucking stairmaster, get on the spin bike, like get my ass in shape. Because as soon as those guys lost their cardio, like it was fucking over. Like there was nothing going on. That's what a lot of people think they need to do. Though, that's that's, too. that's like, exactly you know, what I any, thought. Anybody I ask, you know, knew that's interested in it. Like I had a couple friends message me that they were interested in coming in, and they're like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm good with that. You know, once I get once I get my body ready or get get in a little better shape, you know, I'll do this, this, and this. And well, there's no way that. You the can. only way that that's going to happen is just come in and jump into it. Like it's yeah. it's going to suck for you for a while, but you know, yeah. there's nothing you can do in the gym that'll nothing else. mimic yeah. this. No, not, not a lot thing. of people ask you know what can I do to make you know my arm bars better? What can I do to get better triangles? Or whatever. What can I do to you know do more do arm bars? Better yet. Do more yeah. triangles. Do and, more of those. And triangles. Yeah. <laughs> talk to Devin. Yeah. And arm bars. Talk to Shannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's people that'll help you out with it, of course, oh, but yeah. you know. There's no you, you got to figure it out yourself, you know. But I think I think that's the interesting thing that is not intuitive. Like again, being somebody who's played a bunch of different sports and done competition and activities all my life, I'm thinking like, oh, I just I need to get in better shape. I'll come in and roll a little bit, learn a couple techniques, and I'll go and I'll be fine. Because as long as I've got an engine, I'll be good. But then you guys had always said like like what kind of extra cardio and this right. kind of stuff do you guys do for competition? And you're like. Nothing. We this, roll harder. This right. is yeah. the cardio. Right. Dude, like, yeah. We just this roll harder. <laughs> like the people, are like, well, what do I need to do? Like, what what should I do to get in shape for jujitsu? Right. And it's like, 
It's like someone saying, like, well, I'm not, like, I, when I get better at math, I'll go to math class. It's like, well, no, you go to fucking math class to get good at math. Like, <laughs> That's a great analogy. You know what I mean? Like, oh you don't, you, it's not like, here, I'm going to wait to go to math class because I'm not too good at it yet. It's like, well, I, there's certain levels of math that <laughs> you probably shouldn't fucking go in. Like, if you're not good at math, stay the fuck out of calculus. But if you, like, need to learn, like, rudimentary math basics, that's like, you can't, like, fucking... Be like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to fucking class and learn that. I'm going to wait till I teach myself, and then I'll fucking go. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, like, Shannon, when's the last time you touched a weight? Or did any kind of strength conditioning? No oh, judgment. Fuck. No, no judgment. No, fuck. Yeah, uh, there you go. I, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. High school, probably. I, I maybe, no, like, even, but in high school, like, we had, we only did a few lifts. We didn't lift a lot for, we didn't get super crazy with our lifts and wrestling. So pretty much everything we did, we either climbed ropes in which I would climb the rope in our wrestling room with like just my arms, not using our legs. We weren't allowed to use our legs. So our legs had to sit out in front of us. We'd sit like on our sit, yeah. yeah, and pull ourselves up to the fucking top of the rafters. We would do dips. We would do um, uh, probably push ups, po- yeah, crawls, would, stuff no, like that. Power clean, and that was it. We would power okay. clean and clean to a front squat, and that's it. Okay. We never did any other type of lifting, really. Well, I mean, and like he kicks our asses. Yeah, but power cleans and front squats. I mean, that's kind of. It's an explosive motion that generate a lot of power with your hips. Yeah, yeah. So like, but even even power cleaning in high school, like the 145 pound kid, I could power clean over 200 pounds, and I was like, I didn't like. I don't like how lifting weights makes me feel. Okay, possibly, and this is this is the big thing is that I don't like lifting weights is because number one, I don't know how to lift weights properly. Like we did, it's not like I had some fucking guy sit there that was like, because how many people? Okay, you guys would know how many people go to the gym that you see and you're like, okay, that guy's gonna fucking hurt himself because he doesn't know how to fucking lift weights. Oh, I don't know, eight out of ten. Right, that's my point. <laughs> so why would I go do something that I have no fucking business doing, like deadlift? How many people lift like if? How many people deadlift and they use their entire fucking back to do it? Uh, again, eight out of ten. Right. So <laughs> there's so many things you can do to fuck yourself up, and I'm like, dude, I'm just not. I can't train like do weight training. Or do any other type of fucking activity with the same like level of discipline that I have with jujitsu. I can't do it. I don't have it. I don't have that ability to just discipline myself either with like a fucking diet, with weightlifting, strength, strength conditioning. Yeah, but you like also that. have a lot of strength on the mat from years of wrestling, right? And now years of grappling and right. jujitsu. Like you're strong as fuck. But that's kind of the point. Is yeah. His strength and conditioning came from from jiu-jitsu. years of this, yeah. years of training, not instead lifting of, weights. Like awesome. I lift weights because I'm vain and I like to look good. Yeah. That's I why I lift weights. weights. So that's I don't why lift most weights to do better. Lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why most people lift weights. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And if he had a 6 a.m. class, <laughs> I would be doing jujitsu at 6 a.m. instead of lifting. Right. But I don't. <laughs> but I think. You know? li- but the thing is, is that every high level athlete that does jujitsu does strength and conditioning. Yes. Well, you have to yeah. at a Everyone. high level yeah. because Everyone. it gives you an edge. It does. Without Absolutely. it, you're going to Absolutely. fail from somebody who does Absolutely. that. It's, it's just not fair. Yeah. The, it, but that's the part of like the discipline that I don't have. And I and I self admit that like I'm not I'm not here to like yeah but you're also not trying to be a world class competitor no, you're not no, quitting your job no. to train three times a day and do all that kind of stuff I no, mean it, I, it's a different lifestyle I think like at the end of the day if you have if you are a high level athlete in anything any sport more than likely you have a group of people that are going to help you with your strength conditioning with anything that you need like your recovery and shit like that so 
more than likely, if you're a high-level grappler, you're probably doing strength conditioning at least three times a week. Yeah. Plus your training. Yeah. So they're training two times a day plus strength conditioning every other day probably. Easily, yeah. Three, three would be a minimum. I would imagine right. probably four. Right. And they're all doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I mean, again, to be a high-level competitor, you have to. Yeah, for sure. They're that's getting but strong. But again, that's also your job. Yeah. They're getting strong. They're getting explosive, which, like, that's probably one of the most, like, crazy things about most athletes that do jiu-jitsu is how explosive they become you know that's like a huge tool that guys have so you see them do like they don't do a lot of reps of things like so if they do like lunges or if they do like jump squats and shit like that like you watch these dudes do it with weights and they're super explosive yeah you know what i mean so like if they get like if the guy jumps on their back or they get in a scramble they can just explode out of positions and is it good technique no but at the end of the day do they get out yeah so you know, for sure. I mean, strength conditioning is definitely a huge part of jujitsu that that a lot of people don't do. Um, but at a high level, you you really have to. Yeah. You really. Well, that makes sense because a high level of anything, yeah. you're you're going to be at the gym doing. All, sure. I mean, you look at look at golfers for God's sakes. Like even even them now, it's like there's what Bryson DeChambeau. He's like he's a big guy. He put on a bunch of some of those golf muscle mass. Gag, dude. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like oh, yeah. I think he put on like fifty <laughs> or golf. sixty pounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah. And now he's destroying the ball. He, yeah. Like he's out driving all this kind of crap. They're actually changing the rules of certain courses because he drives the ball so far. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because like if you're an actual athlete, you'll actually get better at stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You don't have to be John Daly who's just a freak of nature. But strength is, is a huge part of competition. Yes. So like I can tell you right now like how many people I've touched in my life that when like I fucking grab them, they're like, fuck. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm not like fucking overly strong. You know what I mean? Like, I'm probably decently strong for a guy who's never lifted weights, but I'm going to tell you, like, there are dudes out there that I've grabbed, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yep. Like, it literally is like a fucking gorilla grabs you, and you're like, and just right then and there, it's not that you become afraid. It's that you have doubt now is because now this motherfucker is stronger than me. This guy is power, more powerful than I am. He might be a better athlete than me. He might be a better wrestler than me. And he's strong as fuck. Yeah. So, like, if anyone watched last night, watched Who's Number One and watched Nicky Rod grapple fucking Yuri Samoys. Mm. Literally, Nicky Rod locked his hands around Yuri's body when he was playing guard on the bottom. Literally <laughs> locked his hands and squeezed the life out of him for <laughs> literally 15 minutes. And passed his guard, made him turtle multiple times. And that is a level of strength that some people just can't deal with. Yeah. And I'm like, my buddy Nick got to grapple with Marcus Almeida, Bouchesha, one of the most accomplished grapplers of all time. And he's like, the dude literally grabbed my wrist. And I was like, well, uh, that's going to be, now. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be one of these back, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, like, but most of them are all pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, most of the high level dudes that are all really fucking strong, man, like, if you roll with them, if you don't like know them on a personal level, like, like I've said before, like me and JT aren't like boys. You know what I mean? We're not like going to fucking go like hang out when we're at like the worlds and shit. But like if I saw him, you know, he'd be like cool with me. Yeah, run over but like, like, but, like, yeah, like, tell yeah, him, hey, like, if I fucking, but if I fucking roll with him, he's not going to treat me like he would treat like some fucking guy who brought him in for a seminar and be like real nice. He'd beat the shit out of me. Yeah. And that's a level of strength and power that just people can't even understand. Like grapplers are the strongest dudes I've ever touched. Like I've wrestled my whole life. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you hear yeah. people talk about that. Like somebody has like wrestler strength. 
Yeah. Just because they've been throwing people around yeah. since they were five. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's a different yeah. kind of strength. For sure. It's 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 a it's a functional type of yeah. strength. Like lifting weights, like I've had friends in college that fucking lifted weights their entire lives. Like they they've lifted since they were like in middle school, high school, they're fucking lifting, going to powerhouse and all this shit, wearing the fucking <laughs> stupid ass like powerhouse tank tops. No knock on powerhouse, they have a great fucking gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about their gym, you know what I mean? They they have fucking probably strong guys that fucking work out there. But I always laugh like when people see like big guys they're like oh that guy must be like strong and i'm like he's probably not that like define strong well here's the thing is like a lot of those guys they lift to look big right they don't lift to be strong well, like my buddy yeah. like my buddy in college you know wanted to like you know we've been drinking and he's like yeah you know yeah you think you're like stronger than me i'm like i'm fucking 10 times stronger than you i promise <laughs> you that much and he's like oh i don't think so i'm like okay so he like started to like try to like fucking tussle with me and i just fucking locked my hands around I picked him up and just fucking threw him down to the ground and i was like you have no idea like the kind of strength because like i have to use my strength grappling with the big guys in the gym like ben devin timmy all the big guys, like I have to use my strength. But like when you go with someone who's like, let's say plastic size, plastic's what, five, seven, five, six, five, seven, 140 pounds. Yep. Like I can't use all my strength on him because at that point, like I don't feel at that point I'm using jujitsu. I can just fucking, if I wanted to just literally lock my hands around him or squeeze the life out of him, I could. And there's nothing he could do. Yeah, about but what's him. the point? Because again, <laughs> right. you're not yeah. doing jujitsu. I'm not at doing jujitsu at that point. Like anytime I roll someone who's smaller than me, like I'm going to pull guard because I like to play guard. Even the big guys, like I'll play guard hard on them but there are times like i can't not respect a heavy guy's passing in their strength like i can't a guy who's small because if i'm stronger than them i can just simply be like now nah, i can get a reset and push the guy away whereas like at a high level in competition all those dudes that are like from lightweight to and up are all unbelievably strong like i can't tell you like i couldn't tell you the difference in terms of like strength between like a middleweight because i fought as low as middle and as high as heavy those dudes feel the same they don't feel any different in terms of strength. The middleweights and the heavyweights felt the same. The middleweights were just faster. More yeah, flexible. well, exactly, because there's a little bit less to them. Yeah, they were just a little bit faster, more flexible, and just more dynamic, quicker. Makes the sense. bigger guys, not so much, but it's, well, of a, course. It, I but mean, it's a trade-off. He's got to move a lot of mass. That's yeah, just kind of how that trade-off. works. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of people, like when they lose a bunch of weight, like, oh, yeah, I'm moving so much better. Right. I'm lighter. I feel good. Like, yeah, that's kind of how that works. I think there's a sweet spot, though, for your body. Well, I, I think that's exactly how a lot of that is. Because I know, like, in weightlifting, like, my coach wanted me to get up to 150 kilos, which was 330 pounds. I fucking hate Because he's like, that, that, cause that'll be, like, because me being a super, because I think everything under, like, 105, what's that, like, 240-ish? Something like that is like Bro, the next weight class down. Don't ask me that. that. That's all right, but it's like you couldn't just say 240 pounds. That'd have been too hard. I don't know, <laughs> but it's like it's it's simple because it's like I'm never going to make that weight ever. So right. he's like, well, you need to get bigger because bigger right. is going to be stronger. Right. But but you don't want to get so big right. that you're not going to be fast and athletic. Right. Yeah. And I thought I ate up and ate up and ate up and got up to like 147 right. kilos. It's like I felt like ass. Yeah. It's like yeah, I just yeah. I felt sluggish yeah. and slow. And I was like. I'm not moving more weight. I'm not lifting better. I don't feel good. So yeah. I was like, fuck this. And yeah. I lost a bunch of weight. And it's like, I was still lifting well, but I was moving better. I felt yeah. better. It's, it's just, there was like a, a good thing for me. It's like, where, yeah, I was heavier than I probably technically still should be. Right. But I actually, I, I felt better. I was moving better. Everything was good. Whereas now that I'm not competing, it's like, right. well, shit, I should probably lose some weight more so. So I'm healthy, but also because in here, mm -hmm. there's less of my ass to move around. So right. I won't get tired as quickly, hopefully. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a huge part of competition is finding where you belong. Yeah. 
fighting what weight class you belong in. Well, so I mean, like, for me, it's simple because yeah. I'm never going to make the one below mine. Yeah, super, so it's just super ultra, heavy, super heavy yeah, fat yeah, asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah super that heavy. Hey, 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 I'm su- super heavy right yeah, now. Super too. heavy. Oh, fuck off. Two hundred like two hundred twenty pounds. You know, I mean, two hundred twenty-two pounds, whatever the fuck it is. Yep. But you have to. Is that like a two forty? No, no, it's two twenty in the gear. Super heavy, yeah, ultra yeah. heavy, and then ultra heavy is just unlimited. You'd be as that's my fat ass. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's it's finding where you're comfortable and finding where your game works best. Like I find that I like fighting as a heavyweight, even though, like, right now I'm heavier than than I have been because of not being training. But like normally I walk around 195, 196 pounds, and that's just kind of where you feel and good. 20, normally, in two hundred eight is heavyweight, so yeah. I give up. I don't know, 10 pounds roughly. And it's solid. You know what I mean? Not every heavyweight is like jacked. Of course. You know what I mean? They're not fucking. Especially yeah, hobbyists yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. like, they're not again, fucking if, jacked. If it's their job, then they're going to be yeah. like a few pounds I'm not over. They're going to cut down. They're going to be <laughs> yeah. super strong, but yeah. that's, that's but not th- normal. But, but those guys might be coming down from 220 pounds. That's a ballsy cut. It's not, though. It's not bad. You I, know what I mean? I made because, about that same cut. But most for of these, Chicago. But, okay. But in his defense, like most people don't look like him. So, like, there's a big di- difference between, like, when people say cutting weight and losing weight. There's a huge difference there. When you cut weight, you're cutting water from your body. Okay? Yeah. That's a big fucking difference when you're competing at jiu-jitsu because when you cut water from your body, you get on the scale and you walk right to your mat. But you that, that's the issue where it's, like, yeah. in a lot of, like, like strength sports or UFC and yeah. all that kind of stuff, they've got, like, a day before yeah. weigh-in, which is horse shit. Right. And it's, like, I mean, like in weightlifting, yeah. we, yep. you can only cut, like... Yeah. Five or six pounds because you have a two-hour weigh-in. Yeah, so you got time to like get Same some high food, school wrestling. like t- take a quick yeah. little nap, and it's like, and you got to start warming up because so here like, we go. So like for me, I have fat to fucking lose. I'm not lose. I'm not cutting weight. I'm losing weight. But people don't want to use that term. Like they're like, "Oh, I'm cutting." You know, you're not well, fucking cutting anything. That's a good point. <laughs> like you're not cutting anything. You're not cutting water out of your body. You're losing fat. You fat. No, ass. I guess no. There there are differences, right? There is if, a huge just because your body I did composition. My whole life. Yeah. I did it my whole life, and I did, the first time I cut weight, I was a young kid, you know, like in high school, like cutting weight, like ask, ask anyone who went to high school, that was skinny as shit at this height, 145 pounds, I was skinny as a rail. Oh, yeah. Like less than 5% body fat, no muscle, no nothing, and it sucks. Just the skeleton with flesh. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like with jiu-jitsu is you get on the scale, and you have to be... You know, let's say your weight class is 208 in the gi. You can be lower than 208. You can be 190 pounds and sign up and fight, still fight as a heavyweight if you want. You could fight. You weigh 170 pounds. Didn't Mikey Moose mess you? Yeah, he that? does it. There's there's guys that do that shit all the time. I mean, he weighs 135, 140 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just depends on, you know, what your preference of body type is to fight. Like, I don't like fighting guys in the middle heavyweight division, even though that's probably where I would be, is because... They're still a little bit more flexible. They're just as strong as the heavyweights, and they're a little bit more explosive. You tend to find guys in that weight that are a little bit taller and leaner, as opposed to in the heavyweight, they're a little bulkier. Like they're about like they're maybe they're like most everyone I fight is taller than me. I'm about a tall guy. I'm five eleven. So like I, you have to kind of figure out where you like you know kind of mesh with your body type. Yeah. So like if I fight a guy that's super fucking tall. You know what I mean? That's taller than me. Like I'm going to run into that all the time in the heavyweight division. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's just how the guys are built. Guys that are middleweights are a little bit shorter. Guys that are lightweights are obviously small because they're 167 pounds. They normally are like five eight to five ten. So it just depends on where you're at. But yeah, when you fuck around with people that are you know super explosive, super strong, it just depends. Yeah, here you go. Here's a picture of me when I was young. Oh dear God! <laughs> yeah, super skinny man. You see me reminisce? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, but back yeah, in man. the day. But yeah, man, it's like 
I think with with jujitsu is finding out because there are certain things like Tommy, for example, like I won't let Tommy fight in the featherweight division anymore because Tommy cut too down. hard of a cut. Yeah, because Tommy is pretty lean as it is. Yeah. And Tommy's a tweener. A tweener is someone that's in between two weights. They're not big enough to be a lightweight, but they're they're too big to be a feather. Because the weight gaps can be 15 pounds apart. Yeah, which for a guy that size, that's, that's a lot that's of weight. That's a lot of weight. For me, that's, that's like water. Uh, we're talking, lunch. We're talking but, water coming out of the body at that point. Yeah. And so, like, with Tommy is that Tommy is a big featherweight, but the problem is Tommy doesn't have the gas tank when he cuts himself yeah, down exactly. that far to go out and compete and have the energy. At the end of the day, like, I don't want you to feel that way. Like, I don't want you to feel like, oh, my God, like, you are you feel like shit. Like, I want you to have, you know, I want you, I would rather you go out and be full of energy and be able to compete, maybe even if you're a little bit small, but still be able to compete and hold your own because yeah. you have the strength to do so. I mean, I've always had the mentality of like, it's better to go up a weight class than try to cut yourself down. It's, it's easier to Depends, either, either put yeah. on some size or get some more fuel in your whatever. Or like, like what you do yeah. is like, this is what I walk around at. I'm giving up 10 pounds, but right. whatever. I feel better right. here. So I'm just going to do this. Right. Yeah. Especially like IBJJF. I mean, depending on the structure you're going in, like, you know, you're going to get on the scale with your gi on too. Yeah. And then that's going to be it. You right don't have time the to mat, rehydrate or anything. There's yeah. no, no Pedialyte, nothing. Whereas no. like MMA, when, when I was in that, you know, you weigh in and at least you got that, you know, certain amount of hours to get a little bit back. Well, I, I can't do that with, you know, jujitsu or IBJJF rule set like that. Like it's, it's not going to happen. But I, I, think, I think that's better for the sport. I think it's better yeah. for people's health. I agree. Yeah. But it, it, people ask me, they're like, how, how do we get rid of the, uh, the weight cutting problems? Like, what do we do to fix the problems? Like with guys like that, that woman that fainted on the fucking scale mm-hmm. in the UFC, she fucking fell over. She fell backwards off the fucking scale. Twice. Twice. Okay. And they stood her back up Daniel, on it. Daniel, <laughs> fucking Daniel Cormier got disqualified at the Olympics because he fucking passed out on the scale. I mean, shit didn't, uh, was it Khabib? Like a couple of years ago, he I like, had to go to the fucking, hospital. Yeah, yeah. Like liver failure. Yeah, yeah. Like tons of people Holy got it. kidney problems. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Johnson, Rumble Johnson used to fight MMA at 170. That's a he, big son He's of fought bitch. MMA at heavyweight. I know. It's okay. A big he's, son fucking, of a bitch. he's a huge 205. But you don't see that issue with IBJJF competitions. Well, no? because why? you can't, you can't but, float but, that because why? you can't you can't do it. You can't compete there. Yeah, so it's detrimental. So how do you kids are like, well, how do we fix the problem in wrestling? How do we fix the problem in MMA? How Let them we... wear spats and shorts and rash guards. Well, <laughs> Get them out of the singlet. Well, that, oh wait, no. What's the other problem? Well, no, the <laughs> biggest the biggest fucking problem that you have is is the cutting weight. So if you want to get rid of cutting weight, like they, people think, like, oh yeah, we'll do the alpha testing, which is like where they test their body, the fat, hydration test, the hydration test. That don't do nothing. We cheated that shit every year in high school. <laughs> Those things are so easy to That's cheat. It's like the impact test. You yeah. bomb the first one. Yeah, and yeah, you're fine. yeah, exactly. So, so how you do it is simple. Like Devin is ready to wrestle. The scales next to the mat. You fucking get on it right then and there, and then you go right out onto the mat. Put the scale next to the mat. They weigh in. They walk on the mat. And they wrestle. So. 113 pound weight class comes up. You get your ass on the scale. You're 113 pounds. All right, go out there and wrestle. You got no time to hydrate. No water, no food, no none. Let's see how you do. Because at that point, it's either going to make kids go up or they're just not going to be able to make those weights no more. Exactly, which is most yeah, likely what's yeah. going to happen. So like in MMA. That's what, again, it's like, yeah. let's go up. So <laughs> you want to fight MMA? Okay, well, you ain't got time as a pro. Like you weigh in the day before. Put the fucking scale next to the octagon and make the guys get on it right then and there. Heavyweights, yeah, you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if you're cutting like you know down to 170, if you're like Khabib, who's cutting to 55, I know that for a fact because I I play video games with uh, Duran Win. 
he told me that Khabib will walk around at like 190 pounds. That makes sense, yeah. So that's okay. you cutting down to 155. To 155. Again. Okay, so put his ass on the scale and then make him go in the octagon and fight. How, how much success do you think he'll have? I know uh, Tiago, zero. Well, I know Tiago Alves, when he fought GSP for the welterweight title, he got on the scale at 170 because for Pro MMA fights for title fights, you have to make scratch weight or below it. Yeah. So he weighed 170. I heard he walked in the octagon at 200 pounds. Oh yeah, which is ludicrous. In it's 24 so bad for your body. hours. 24 hours yeah. gained 30 pounds. So Dude. bad for your body. <laughs> like, I guess there was an old like rumor like Mark Schultz when he competed at the Olympic at the Olympic trials. In wrestling, right? In wrestling. So like there's a there's a, a, a clip of it like in Foxcatcher. He had to lose. He lost like something like ludicrous, like ten pounds in like ninety minutes with no sauna. <laughs> okay, like that that type of shit is insane to me. The like, wild the, part was when he started loading up after that one. He lost match. He lost, yeah, and then yeah, he, his like, brother comes in and yeah. it's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, and starts yeah. making him lose yeah, it all yeah, back, yeah, throwing yeah. it up. Yeah, Get, he yeah. he had like lost a match, I guess, at like the Olympic trials or wherever he was the world championships or whatever. And he like lost it mentally. Like he went back to his hotel room and started like ordering room service and ate like fucking chicken and chocolate bars and drinking everything he could get his hands on. And he got on the scale because you have to make weight throughout the trials. Like the NCAA wrestling tournament, you have to make weight three days in a row. For wrestling. Okay. So it's like you get on the scale and you're there. And you're like, ha, 133 pounds. I'm done. Like, Made it, bitches. It doesn't work like that. Like, you're not good for the whole tournament. You got to make weight the next day. You got to make weight the next day. So same in high school. You go to the state tournament. Let's say your weight class is 145 pounds. You might get weight throughout the season. So they, like, gift you a pound. You know what I mean? You normally get. So let's say you got to weigh 147. So you weigh 147. Okay. The next day, you got to weigh 148. And the day after that, you got to weigh 149. No heavier. Okay, you gotta do that three fucking days in a row. If you're, cut, if you're cutting weight a lot, you know what I mean that's hard to fucking do, man. Yeah. I, I've seen kids, I've seen kids get on the fucking scales. Like when I would do the weighouts, which is like you know we check their weight and they can leave. Dude, I've seen fucking kids weigh in 135 pounds, fucking come back, check their weight, and they've been maybe rest, they've been wrestling for you know all day. So you think they'd be losing weight? They'll fucking get on the scales. It'll be like 142, 144 pounds. And they're like, yeah, we got to come back in the morning and weigh in. So they got to lose eight, nine pounds overnight. I've been there. I was one. No of them. problem for Devin. You go back to the hotel room. You go back to the hotel Eat room, and you're fucking fighting other teams to get on the fucking bikes, get on the air diet, oh, yeah. get on the fucking treadmills. Because you can't go in saunas when you're not 18. You're not allowed in them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can't go cut weight in saunas when you're in high school. We we tried to do that shit. We tried to go in the YMCA's. They wouldn't let us in. So we had to get on the old fashioned way. But that's, how, but that's how you have to deal with that. Like, you know, that's another big aspect of competition is the is the cutting of the weight. Because I don't feel bad. I don't put up with it. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're cutting weight. Like, I don't deal with people that get, like, snippy and have attitudes about it. At the end of the day, you fucking signed up for the weight, so be a man. Yeah, suck it up, cupcake. Shut, shut the fuck up and deal with it or move up a weight class. But it's, not, it's also probably different what you said. Do you need to lose weight and just clean up your diet to lose right. some weight? Or are you literally just well, going to be like super it. smart and like yeah. overhydrate so you can under... Right. But like, most people have never you know, cut weight before. M- most people don't even know how to handle it. They can't. So they just want to go up and weight right away because they're like, yeah. No, I think most people can't in their mind fathom not eating like... You know, when I was in high school making 140, 145 pounds, dude, they're fuck, I, you don't eat for, people are like, how did you do it? Like, you don't eat. I didn't eat food for fucking like two days. And the only thing I drank was like a fucking bottle of water. So 16 ounces of water in two fucking days. And then you got to go to school. Yeah. And then you got to wrestle. It's like, I'm peeing brown. Is but, this weird? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you, gotta, <laughs> you have to practice. 
You know what I mean? But people can't do that. Like I, I mean, people don't understand what it's like to obviously do that for competition. Mm-hmm. But everybody's tried some sort of diet where they put right. themselves in a calorie restriction right. and, and they're bitchy and moaning. And right, it's like, yeah. uh, suck it up here, cupcake, because yeah. you're you're not doing anything. Like, okay, you, you're right. missing 500 calories a day. Ooh, it's it's so tough. But it's different when you go your whole life and you eat whatever you want whenever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm still, it's just, it's mental toughness. Again, you chose to do it. Like, right. just get over it. Like, what, what are you complaining about? For sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, I remember going to college and my friends asked me, they're like, you know, what are you going to have for Thanksgiving? I was like, oh, I haven't had one for fucking six years. So I was a freshman in college. I never had a fucking Thanksgiving because right before Thanksgiving, you had to do your- Always hum- a big tournament. You had to yeah. do your hydration testing. So you had to be on weight. So I didn't have Thanksgiving at the time. I was in like seventh or eighth grade until I was a freshman in college. That so makes sense. I was like, yeah, hey, I don't know what the fuck. I'm probably going to eat everything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a big, Time to get fat. But that's a huge part of competition is strategy about where you're going to go. You know, what weight class you belong in. You know, how you feel when you physically go out there. Because some guys go out on the mat and they maybe feel like, for example, like, you know, if you could make the next weight class below, but you go out and you get absolutely fucking manhandled by the competition because they're just fucking so much stronger than you, then yeah, I would consider going down so you can be competitive. There's a difference between being competitive and just being outmatched. Okay, so for like a first person, like to come in for their, whether they've been training for a few months, like you crazy assholes did, just like, I'll train for three months and just do a competition or I've been training for a while. I know what I'm, I know where I'm at. But for a good competition, would you would you recommend for them to show up, weigh in, and just whatever they they are? It's like, oh, you just you're gonna compete at that, or would you have them plan out like, hey, yeah. I want you in this yeah. weight class or whatever? Yeah. Like, like what, what do you think about that? I could go to competition. The reason I could go to competition is because I wrestled my whole fucking life, so I've been doing it my whole life. Someone like that comes in here. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah it's very different for you. Someone that comes in here that's never done anything physical. No, fuck no. I'm not gonna let you do jujitsu like a competition for like. A year, a year and a half. That makes sense. You know why? That makes you're sense. You're gonna fucking hurt yourself because mm-hmm. you don't know. There's a, just recently a fucking jujitsu student sued their instructor after a tournament because he got hurt getting taken down. <laughs> he's like, he sued his instructor because he's like, you didn't teach me like how to defend takedowns, like how to take people down. I swear to God, it's please, hilarious. Please, please tell me the judge looked at that and like you're trying to sue oh, him for yeah. what? I, I don't know. <laughs> Get how the it fuck out of here. I don't know how. I don't know whatever came. Of oh, the, to be judged but for you a day. Can't, but you can't. You can't send someone to a competition, number one, like to be competition ready. You have to understand every basic position of jujitsu. Okay, the stand up, the open guard, the closed guard, the half guard, side control, the mount, and the back. Those are the most common positions that you're going to see in jujitsu. And you have to know how to defend each one of them, sweep and get on top, or escape. So, like, you're not sweeping from the mount, obviously, from the bottom. You're reversing the position. But you either learn to escape. Okay, or submit your opponent from that particular position. At that point, you have a decent understanding of what grappling so, is. But, but I like that because, if, again, if a wrestler comes in, they've got years of yeah. grappling experience. Yeah. Jump in, yeah. do it, do it. I mean, yeah. far, I, like, I still think grappled. that like, wrestlers uh, should come with a fucking big W yeah, on yeah. their chest, like a warning. 100%. Like, wrestler, guys, wrestler, yeah. guys holy that come shit. In, guys w for that... watch this. Here's a triangle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have. You, the fucking thing is like with a wrestler is like I don't give a shit what anyone says. People are like, oh, you know, you know, I've never done jujitsu. Like you still know what grappling is. Like you've like I I I had fucking I started wrestling when I was like six or seven years old until I was eighteen. 
So I had almost 10 years of grappling experience before I started jujitsu. Yeah. You have so, a better understanding of leverage, yeah, leverage positioning, yeah. hand fighting, mental and not toughness, to mention you just takedowns. You, you know how to control someone else's weight and body absolutely, position. You absolutely. You just do. As, as opposed to someone, you know, like. I, like I, I came with zero background of karate or, you know, any kind of martial arts or grappling or nothing. Like, fuck for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, like, like, last night they were talking about who's number one, Andrew Tackett. Okay. William Tackett's little brother. And they're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, he's been training jujitsu since he was like fucking they're like, he's been training since he was six years old. And I'm like, in my head, this kid's like 18. So mad, I'm like, this kid's been doing jujitsu fucking 12 years. Okay. That's as long as I've been fucking training. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God. Like these fucking kids nowadays are training so young, but like you think in your head, like this kid's, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh yeah, this kid's so good. He's only been training probably since he was like 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like 18. Look how good he is in like two years, three years. I'm like, no, this motherfucker's been training 12 fucking years. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I didn't think he started that young. But if you start in your wrestling, you know I mean, you come in with a huge advantage over anyone else. And like, yeah, you have some bad mistakes. Of course. But I'll take them bad mistakes for you being able to fucking blast double someone. Like, <laughs> I, I'll take that any day. So like a high level wrestler is already miles ahead of the average guy that comes in. Like Absolutely. Because uh, everyone, everyone's like, what are they saying in jiu-jitsu? Man, I wish I would have wrestled. I wish I would have wrestled. <laughs> I wish I would have wrestled. I'm like, yeah, no shit. You should have fucking spent less time fucking, you know, doing whatever. Dicking around playing video games. Yeah, yeah fucking off and should have spent more time in the high school wrestling room. Yeah, where, suffering. Yeah. Uh, that's basically what it is. It's just suffering. That's why most people stay away from it. Let's be real honest. Yeah. yeah, I was a bitch in but, high school. That's why I didn't. <laughs> I you know, but, played football. I had friends that wrestled, and I was like, yeah, you guys got to, you know, spit in cups and shit. That sounds good. I'm going to go out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to Dairy yeah. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk to you. Yeah, I got pads, go, at least. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go talk to girls. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that does make a lot of sense, though. It's like if you come in with no kind of grappling experience, you should probably wait a year or so before really dipping into competition. Because you'll get hurt. Exactly. And that, and that makes you a lot of sense. You don't even know. Like, if you go to a competition and you don't even know what, like, a fucking an arm bar is, like, you, and you get a fucking arm lock slapped on you, let's say, by, like, a white belt who's about to be a blue belt. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and, it that's, could ha- and that's it probably could, somebody who's been training for yeah, two to three, three years. years. Yeah, and, and could slap a fucking submission on you really fast and you don't know what it is or really, like, what's going on. Or straight foot locks you. Let's just use the straight foot lock. Yes. You'd be like, oh, all of a sudden it's tight and then snap. You fucking break your ankle. Like that, that is your introduction to competition of jujitsu is you get your fucking ankle broke. Like, I don't want that to happen. And then you're sidelined for six months. Yeah. And there's awesome. just, there's no point in that. Like, you know, it's letting people go to competition. Like Neptune, for example, I would let Neptune go to a fucking grappling competition right now. Go ahead. You're fucking wrestled your whole life. You're wrestling in college. Yeah. D2 college wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Fucking re- go to, go to jujitsu competition. Go ahead. I was like Garrison when he showed up. He was yeah. a white belt. He yeah, yeah. Smoked all of us. Yeah, D3 fucking All-American. Yeah. Like, yeah, they understand what grappling is. You know what I mean? But it's going to catch up to you to, at some point. So, like, the better that you get at jiu-jitsu, the better you'll be able to deal. Because wrestling and jiu-jitsu are two different things. Yes. You know what I mean? But, like, I've had guys come in that are, like, good wrestlers, and, like, they really can't. I mean, like, I'm not, like, a great wrestler. They can take me down. But on the ground, it's still jiu-jitsu. Like, you have to try to get by the legs. You have to try to mount your partner. And it's still very difficult to do if you don't have the knowledge and skill to do that. Like, if you don't understand how to get by the legs. Like, getting a takedown is only, like, half the battle. Once we get to the fucking yeah, ground, now the jiu-jitsu that's starts. when this starts, right? Like that. But I'd rather give up two to be on my butt and fight from there. Yeah, and then have some dude hand 100%. fight with me. Yeah. Yeah, makes like, a lot of sense. Yeah, Gordon Ryan said he's like the most miserable I've felt is is wrestling, hand fighting with a guy named Steve Mako, who is 
national champ, Russell Oklahoma State, Olympian, fucking he's like, I hand fought with that dude for three minutes and I was exhausted. He's like, <laughs> he was throwing me around like a child. And this is like and this is one of the best pound for pound grappler in the world who's not afraid to be like, Yeah, dude, like there's just levels to things. And when you wrestle with a straight wrestler, they're gonna fuck you up. But like it, once you get to the ground, then it's a little bit different. But if that wrestler also has really good jujitsu, um, that's a problem. Like that's a really difficult problem to deal with if the guy also has good jujitsu. Okay, so so we've obviously started about talked about getting started in competition. So once once you're there and you've done a few and you realize you love it and this is something you want to do more of is like how often do you guys look to compete? Is it as often as you can to get experience? Or like like for like for you guys, like Ben and Devin, is it more like I'm more training for these like one or two big things a year and the rest of the time we're just kind of just training in the in the gym? Yeah, I mean it's kinda of like a give and take. Like when we're leading up into competition, I get super selfish. Like, no, I'm not rolling with white belts, I'm not rolling with anybody. Give me my main training partners, you know, these three, maybe a really good blue belt, maybe a really good purple belt. Other than that, stay away from me. And then for the rest of the time, I'll give back, you know, because it is going to be a give and take. Of course. Know? But, There's and it's like I told you on, selfish. Yeah, it's like I told you on Saturday. It's like, hey, I'm trying to get these guys today. You know, if I got, if we got another round, I'll grab you, yep. you know, but you still have to give back. So I think for guys at our, our level where we're only looking really to compete at IBJJF or fight to win or something bigger, you know. Yeah, couple because, times I mean, a year because realistically, you guys go into a local tournament where you're not going to see somebody at your weight class in right. in the same belt level. This is, exactly, level. it's like yeah. is is it really worth you're gonna your time fight to train the same for? Guys, yeah, you're going to fight the same fucking guys, man. Yeah, and so. there's no point. Let's go to like higher. Let's go find higher level. I know. I know. Plazic's talked about that. He yeah, doesn't want to do local ourselves. stuff because yeah. again, he's he's beating all the guys around yeah, here. Right. So he's like, I need to go to bigger tournaments yeah. to see. Well, See, I mean, well, let's right. be honest, most yeah. grown men aren't as right. small as he is. It's just, it is right. what it is. Yeah. Nobody, so wants think, to, nobody wants to get there at 9 a.m. too and then find out, oh, 3, 3 p.m., time to fight now. Yeah, time yeah. to grapple. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it kind of goes also back to like what Shan was talking about before. Like, our job on the local circuit is to help you guys find a rhythm. You know, like, I have my routine I have to do before I compete. I have to, I have to, I have to, or, or I fuck up. Are you talking like the day of competition yeah. or like leading yeah. into a training the camp? The day of. Okay. You know, so like. No, no, here's, here's, here's the if we're competing, question. if we're competing, I'm not helping you. I'm I'm all about me, you know? So like, if I'm not going to do a local competition, fuck, let's, let's figure out what works for you. You know, do you like to be, have a good hard sweat? Do you like to just chill? Do you like, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, and I've kind of dialed that in for myself over the years. Okay. You know, I used to come out really hot, so I would listen to like chill music bring myself down then it came out too slow so it was kind of like that balance finding the middle so, ground yeah so helping you guys do the same thing on a local tournament where we don't really care if we compete or not okay so great example of this is like in weightlifting you would have like a handler mm -hmm. so it's like your job is to get there two hours before to weigh in and then it's put your headphones on go get some food get mm -hmm. some drink chill out you want to take a little power nap take a little power nap like whatever just just go chill and then like somebody like we, we called it counting like you're mm -hmm. coaching them is what it is for the day like you would go and you'd see when they were going to be up and you get their attempts and you would do everything for them so yeah. that all they had to focus on was lifting yeah so it's like it's it's just your job to go do that so you literally have a handler to tell you all right go get changed like if you need to go to the restroom now's the time like make sure you get some water in you like do those kind of things and it's like all right i'll get you a platform we'll get you warmed up we'll get moving so they don't have to think at all 
Yeah. All they have to I mean, do is put their headphones on and focus and do their thing. That's you what guys he was do doing that with jujitsu. That's what he was doing at Fight to Win. He did okay. it for all six of us. You, you guys know? have like a handler and like he was like, yeah. "Hey, Plazic or Devin's up first, then Plazic, then then Ben, then we got a little gap here. We're you gonna, know, yeah. I'm gonna. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna walk out. I'm gonna walk up behind you. You know, let's get you warmed up. Let's make sure it's just a normal training day. And then once it becomes a normal training day, shit, competition's easy. We've yeah. trained harder in here than we yeah. will, ever will fight. I think like a lot of it is just it's it's finding out how you like because not everyone likes to pump themselves up at all. Some people aren't like that. Some people don't like to fucking you know run and run and run and run and run run sprints. Fucking do push ups and shit. Like I've found that if I just Ben sit, likes that. Yeah, no, I, I don't have, like that. I have <laughs> I found don't. that if I just fucking sit down anywhere. If I just sit there and I fucking don't move, I don't fucking stretch, I don't fucking do anything. I mean, I even stretch a little bit, but not much. And I just fucking hang out and I walk out on the mat, I do fine. Because I don't amp myself up when I'm in here. Like, I don't fucking, like, slap the fuck out of myself and freak the fuck out, you know what I mean? So, like, training like that, I find that if I do that and I, and I try to compete like that, I take myself out of how I'm the most comfortable. I don't I don't spar like that in training. So this goes back to like... I mean, you, you sing most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I'm really calm. Yeah, like you're I, very chill. Yeah, I'm very calm. So like I found that I'm 10 times more dangerous when I'm like that and I'm calming myself down and not panicking as opposed to like when you amp yourself up, you're like... So you're, you're breathing real heavy and then you all of a sudden, you're not... You're not. I'm not used to sparring like that. So, well, not to mention it's going to be super bad for your gas tank because exactly. you're going to get that adrenaline yeah, pumping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about. Yeah. It's like I mean, I know like in weightlifting, it was about controlled aggression. Whereas if you watch powerlifting, like those guys are taking like like shots Smell like salts. like smelling salts or whatever they call that shit. And they're slapping themselves. I've seen people headbutt the bar and bleed and do this kind of stupid shit to go do a squat. And it's like. That's adorable. It's retarded, but it's whatever. <laughs> and it's like this one guy like, come like, back, headbutted his girlfriend, and she didn't expect it. She was <laughs> yeah, saw that one. No, no, it, it, like it happens. They're trying to get themselves so amped up. But like it was, it was always so much more fun to go watch weightlifting. To me, first of all, it's actually an athletic movement, so it's fun to watch. But it's like it's it's about that controlled aggression. So it's like, yeah, you need to be aggressive in that movement, but you also have to be very technical. Mm-hmm. So you can't get too amped up. And I need no. you to start translating that into jujitsu. We'll right. talk about that later. Okay. Or right, I'm struggling with that, people. Get over it. <laughs> Stop yelling at me, Ben. But that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, but I imagine most people probably can't do that. Just sit down, chill, and then just go on the mat and Because no. you have I, to find it. Yeah. You have to find what works best. Some people, man, like Mark, like we always laugh, like when the when the red beat headphones go on, he just, he don't fucking talk to nobody. But like like Ben was saying, like when it comes to competition, he's getting ready for it, like he gets selfish. JT Torres will tell you the same fucking thing. Like he's but like, that makes sense when though. Saturday training, yeah, when Saturday training comes around and it's comp training, he doesn't, he's like, when people come up to me, I, I just like, if they ask him to like show them a technique, he just fucking stares at him with like this cold, <laughs> dead stare. And they just walk away from him because he's like, this is my fucking time. Leave me the fuck alone. And it's not that he's being rude. No, it's just he's taking care of everyone but it's, else. It's like anything else, we have to put give it in perspective. Give me my time. Yeah, but it, I mean, th- I'm just saying that as a great example. I mean, Ben, like you, you and Devin both like take Saturdays very seriously. Right. That's your heavy day. Yeah. Whereas you've always told me, Ben, it's like, yeah, any other day we'll roll. It's no big deal. But on yeah. Saturdays, Today? it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. not gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Now, there's still times day. that we do if there's not a bunch of training partners in here for you or whatever. Like, but still, generally, it's like you, you're doing you, which is fine. I can remember like a few weeks ago, like Kenny said, Hey, can you help me with this? I'm like, I'll show you after class. Yeah. Right now it's time to work. Yeah. You know, so it's, but it's just being able to tell that to people. It's like, Hey, no, it's time to train now. So I'm going to train. Right. 
and, and that's that's no big deal. They don't have to be an asshole about it. It's not like fuck you, get away from me. It's like no, I'll show you afterwards. I gotta get some rounds mm-hmm. in. Yeah. It's like no worries. You got open mat times you can come to. Otherwise, after class or exactly. Yeah, I, mean, else, yeah. I mean Wednesday, I sat around and just shot the shit with a bunch of white belts for the most. I think yeah, I when you said two you rounds. rolled two rounds. I say that I in rolled, quotations. As, okay, well, as he's like showing me how to do things, like for like our whole I mean. round. Like, that was my time to give back. I, you know, whether yeah. it's just them sitting there, like, hey, what do you think about this position? You know, or when we're rolling, you, I don't even remember what you did, but I stopped mid roll and was like, hey, no, 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 we don't do it that way. Do it this way. <laughs> Drill it twice. Let's keep going. Yeah, you know, I, I fuck all that kind of stuff up. That's that's normal. <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe it's. I mean, you've already kind of talked to this Shannon earlier about talking about how to come in with like a beach ball, a game plan, but really shrink it down into stuff that you're really good at. Like, how's a good way to break that down to learn how to be good at competition? Say that one more time. So, so like the idea of coming in with a bunch of different things you're trying to do in, instead of. Doing that to come in more focused on, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to try to get to this position. I'm going to try to work on that. I'm going to do my game. Like, this is what I'm good at. Like, how, how's a good way to to work on that maybe outside so you know coming into a competition, like, what your game is, what you're good at, what to focus on? So, you really don't. So, and, and how I would describe this to someone is, um, I probably do... Like I said, I always tell you guys, this, everybody's like, oh, you probably know a fuck ton of moves. Like, I mean, I know a lot of moves. Doesn't matter. You, I don't know how to do them, right? But, like, I can tell you, if the, the less that you focus on knowing a lot of moves, the more you kind of focus on just, like, a few things, that's what you're going to do in competition. Your body is just going to move into those positions because that's what you know. Like, we were saying wrestling, like, if you get tired, you're going to go back to what you know. I do. We were like, don't fucking headlock him. Don't fucking headlock him. I'd be, like, yelling this as a coach, and what the fucking kid do? Gets tired and tries to throw a fucking headlock. Sometimes he gets, sometimes he wouldn't. But you're going to go back to what you know how to do when you're tired. So, like, in competition, if you only know, like, I don't know, like, if you only play, like, two or three guards and you only have, like, two or three guard passes and a few submissions and a couple transitions, like a back take or, a, you know, a triangle arm bar or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, more than likely you're probably going to be able to do those because your body is so naturally used to doing that in sparring that it's going to mimic it in competition. But is that a, is that a matter of knowing what you're good at and just focusing on that or maybe talking to an upper belt or your coach and saying, hey, what should I focus on in this six to eight week prep coming in this competition? Yeah. Should I only so I focus on this? Like, how do I get in this, in this yeah. position? How do we get there from multiple different ways? All yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just like, telling them, like, listen, so if you're going to do, let's say, eight weeks, okay, for the first probably two weeks, you're only going to focus on guard passing. So all you're going to do in your sparring rounds is you're going to start in the top position and you're just going to pass the guard. The guy on the bottom is going to give you resistance and you're going to focus on like two passes, a Toriando and a knee slice. Those are the two passes that I want you to really work on. One's a perimeter pass on the outside and one's a close pass. Okay. And then for like a week or two, you're going to work on sweeping from the bottom. So as the bottom guy, you're either going to start in open guard or the close guard and you're going to have to learn how to sweep. So you focus on like whatever guards they're good at. But this is the point of not letting them compete until they're a year they understand year, enough yeah, of like, what they're doing they know what the fuck single leg x is yeah i can tell you okay find a way to get into single leg x find a way to get into half guard if you fucking walk in and you don't even know what any of those are i can't teach you how to be a competitor in 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 a in a month like it, it's not going to happen like that so by you coming in and training for a fucking year you know when i tell you like i can't have you come in and me tell you like hey get in the mount well what's the mount 
fuck. Like, I, I can't <laughs> do that because we're not going to be able to communicate. Yeah. But if I tell you, like, get in single leg X and you can fucking get into that position, then we can communicate. What's X guard? What's half guard? You know, these things. So being able to sweep from the bottom. So you spend a week, week and a half, two weeks sweeping from the bottom. And then all you're going to do for the last two weeks is, like, positionally spar. So that's like either put yourself in good position, get on my back, get the fucking hooks, get in bad get, positions, and get out. Learn yeah. how to escape. And Shannon, I think you pointed on, or you touched on something. That figuring out like what you're good at, it's what you go to when you're tired. So like, yeah. roll a couple real hard rounds, and then go with a white belt and figure out what like what you like to dick around with. Like, I'll roll with these two really hard, and then go grab a white belt, and it's like, okay, I'm I'm in single X. All right, well, I guess I'm gonna fight from here. This yeah. is this is where I'm gonna go from. You know, I stopped playing lapel because he kills it all the time. <laughs> but, you know, it's just when you're tired, go grab someone you know you can work with, not necessarily beat, but work with, and they'll give you a good look. And that's a good way to figure out, like, yeah, if I'm on bottom, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm on top, okay, this, I'm is what, this is what works. So I always ch- tend to go for this. Yeah. The, so that, you, know, that's, you go back to that what makes you sense. know. That's probably a good way to, to describe what's going on there, how to pick kind of what you're good at. Yeah. Makes a lot that's of sense. But picking what you're good at is just figuring out again the positions that you find yourself in the most but at the same time you have to figure out like what works best for your specific game mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. example like for example like i'm a fucking single leg x you know half butterfly fucking x guard dilly heva player like i don't play spider guard i don't play rubber <laughs> guard i don't fucking play i don't play so many guards yeah i hate it like, there are certain guards I just don't fucking like. I don't have to know how to play every fucking guard. Like, where's that written in the book of jiu-jitsu? You know what I mean? I have to know everything. Like, I don't know everything. Show me a guy that knows everything about jiu-jitsu. That guy fucking sucks on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That guy's going to suck ass Yeah, because you're ground. not going to be good at anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you go get a guy that knows, like, fucking 20 moves, yeah, go roll with that dude, and they're going to fuck you up. Yeah. So, when you, when you go out and you're figuring out what works, it's what works best within your game. So, for example, like, I'm not going to go learn some new technique that doesn't fit somewhere in my game. If that particular move or particular sequence or guard or guard pass does not fit within the game that I play, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to go out of my way to do something that puts me in a compromised position that I just can't fucking use. Makes sense. There's no point. That's what I look out for too is like I, my my kind of home base that I call it is either, either daily heave a punch collar with a pant grip. I need the pant grip. So daily heave is where I like to go and I feel like I can take a breath and then, okay, what do I got? What's this guy going to do? So I should have in my mind avenues like yeah. routes that I go down. Yeah. If he if does they do this, then yeah. I'll yeah. do that. What am I going to do? Yeah. If yeah. I see something that, you know, we're drilling, you know, kind of like a, the drag, like reverse X, like we're doing now, that's something like, oh, that that's a position, you know, I get in a lot where, you know, I try to elevate people. They stuff it, put their knee down or whatever. Here's something that I can use that for now. Get to the back or whatever. So yeah. it should, I feel like you should have kind of like a, like a comfortable home base, like yeah. single X or something that like Ben's yeah. talking about that and then you can that build you, off of that. that yeah. you can build off and branch off of. That's and, like a huge yeah. fucking, that's like a homework project to get people when they're like, Hey, like, you know, what should I work on? What should I do to get better at jujitsu? Cause the most annoying, not annoying, but the most frustrating question I get in jujitsu is like, well, I just don't feel like I'm getting better. And it's like, okay, well, like if you've done jujitsu for like five months, you're, you're, you're going to suck still. Like, I don't know anyone that walked through the door that was good at jiu-jitsu in five months. I don't give a fuck who you are. It's hard. Like, and if you're that good, you're going to be like a fucking black world champion. Like, if you're amazingly not good. Not five months, you know. No, that's my point. Like, you're going to be amazingly good, and you're going to go on to do great things in this sport. But most people, 99% of us come in, we fucking suck. But 
the homework that I always tell people is like, if you want to get good, let's use like guard, for example. Okay. Go fucking home, put your hand on a piece of paper and trace it. Just trace your fucking hand sloppily on a piece of paper. Your palm will be like your home base. So if you're on the bottom, what guard do you find yourself in first? Because for me, it's the half guard. I will pull fucking half guard. Okay. So that's like my hub. That's my home base. Half guard is my home base. That is what leads me into all my other guards. So my fingers going out are my other guards that I use to get into from the half guard. Reverse de la Hiva, seated X, single leg X, X guard, and like, I don't even know, lapel guard. It's probably the only other ones. I don't play, but like, it all comes from the half guard. Like, I can sweep from the half guard, but I normally don't. I normally just use half guard. You're using like, that to set up your other guards. To get to my other guards. So, like, the first thing I always want to try to get to when I get into fucking half guard is try to get to single X. Or I'll try to get to like reverse Dilihiva or I'll get to depends on your reaction. Like I can't force you to do something. Of course. So that's why having good options of if yeah, again, if they exactly. do this, then I do that. I'm going to put you in one of those like but the thing is you can't shut down all five of those at once. You can't be like, I'm gonna close yeah. every one of these guards off. No, you can't do anything. Because like, if they shut this down, you can move to that one. And that's just right. that's kind of the idea. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. So and then guess what? Like from your fucking fingers, you can draw more lines. Right. And those can be your sweep options. So like from reverse X, I'm either going to take the leg over my head and get on your back. The guy's going to roll. I'm going to catch and get on your back or I'm just going to go to X guard and stand up. Yeah. So I only have like, I don't know, like five guards that I play all from half guard because I don't technically consider half guard like a guard that I use. Like it's a guard. Obviously, it's in the fucking name, but I use it as a hub to get to those other guards. But from those guards, from those specific ones, so like single leg X have like two ways that you sweep. Like, you know, either you sit the guy down to his butt or you transition and go to X guard. You know, whatever. You have two ways to sweep from every one of your guards. Two options. And if you can do that, like, that chain of reactions is so hard to fucking stop on a good guy. Like, if they just keep you fucking moving and guessing and you're all over the place, like, they're going from guard to guard. Like, every one of the guards that I play interlock. So I can go from any guard to any guard at any time I want, depending upon where I am. So that's how I like, go home and like seriously just think of it like that. Like where do I find myself the most? And then from there, what guard do I want to try to get to? What do I enjoy? And where do they interconnect? And have a couple different options off of that and then figure and out and a sweep the, from and, those. But do the same for passing then. What's your best guard pass? You know what I mean? I ask people that all the time. Like, what, what is your favorite guard pass? And they're like, well, like when people are like, what's your favorite guard, guard pass? Knee slice. Like that's it. That's my favorite pass. From the knee slice, that's how I get to every other one of my guard passes. The over-under and the fucking leg staple. I don't pass the guard like Toriandoing. My arms are fucking short and fucking stubby and I'm not real fast. So, like, for me, I don't normally fucking Toreon. I'm not real explosive, so I don't fucking Toreon around the legs. But, like, knee slicing, over-undering, pressure-style passing is really effective for me. It's hard for them to stop. So, the knee slice leads me into all those positions. All of my sweeps, when I come to the top, are going to lead me into either a fucking knee slice, a leg staple, or a fucking over-under. Because those are my best. Path. I'm not going to sweep someone land and be like in a Toriando. I mean, sometimes I will. I don't want to do it, but if I if it allows me to get up, I will. Yeah. But, but you're trying to dictate where you come up at all times. So you can go to your strength. Yes. Which makes sense. I will dictate where we go and when we go there. I'm not going to sweep someone and come to the top just to come to the top. It's not a good idea. What I mean by that is like just because I can sweep you and get up doesn't mean that I should because I could come up into the 50-50 which is like a leg entanglement position where we're both sitting in a, in a position that neither one of us really has. It's kind of interlocking of the legs. Yeah. And um, 
it's a position that like, yeah, I can come up. Yeah, maybe I get two points, but it maybe puts me in like a fucking knee bar type situation or straight footlock or corkscrew footlock. I don't want to have to come up into that position. I don't want to have to come up in the guy barambolo me and get under me right away, which is like a position where the guys usually get on your back. Um, there's just certain things I don't want to deal with just because I can do. I always tell people like, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that like some people find that hard to understand, but it's like just because you can do something in jujitsu doesn't mean that it's, you know, a good idea. Makes sense. Because you can get caught. I mean, there's plenty of times I see guys that, that sweep and come up and they put both arms on one side of the body and they get fucking arm barred or they come up into a triangle. You know what I mean? Because they don't think about they don't think about when they come up where they're going to be when they get there. But the more you do repetition, the more that you study your game and learn where these positions take you. Like I know every one of my sweeps, where they're going to take me. And when I know where we're going to land, when we get there, I know what I'm going to do when I get there. And people are like, well, isn't that kind of boring? And I'm like, no, not really. Cause I'm doing, the, I'm doing different things. Like all, I'm not doing the same, like moves every sequence. There are moves I maybe won't do for like a month, month and a half because I'm just not in that particular position to do them. But my body recognizes when I'm there to do it. Yeah. Like I'm not really, I'm not really learning through studying film anymore. I'm mostly learning and adding to my game by sparring live and yeah. feeling. Like, Where do you find yourself at? What are they doing? Yeah. Okay, then what are my options from here? Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was like, that's how I probably learned 90% of the jiu-jitsu that I know. Like me and Timmy just rolling together in training. You know what I mean? Like rolling together, learning technique, and sparring. I didn't really learn from like somebody sitting down being like, okay, this is what in, you know, this is what this is. You know, this is what this position is. I learned a little bit like that, but for the most part, like I developed my game. And I think what helped me so much is that I developed my jujitsu from rolling and learning how my body is supposed to move as opposed to someone teaching me that like someone could be like, you know, a hundred and fucking 20 pounds being like, yeah, this is how you're going to do like, well, 120 pound dude is not going to play single leg X like a dude that's fucking six foot tall, 200 pounds is like, it's going to be completely different. Yeah. But, I mean, also, you're going to be going against guys more comparative to your size, so mm-hmm. it, it, it should be different. That, that's mm-hmm. the idea. It's- How you use certain guards at certain sizes is different. I'm going to tell you, like, try try to play, like, okay, so, like, Plaza, like, if John is 5'7", try to play fucking single leg X on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, like, one of my best guards. Like, I'm going to destroy the guard because it's really hard for him to move me around because I, it's not that he doesn't know how to play the guard. Yeah. It's because I am so much physically bigger than him. Yeah, you can't talk, manipulate the but weight. But we talked about this. Like, when I roll with him, it's not that I'm – he still has to use the guard technically. You know what I mean? But I will let him work within the position because if I just wanted to fucking sit on him and be like, no, there's really nothing he could do about it. It's not that – it's because he, he has really good jiu-jitsu. I mean, the kid has very good jiu-jitsu. Yeah, because Ben's always telling me, just just bench him off you. I'm like, I'm trying not to. I'm right, trying to actually right. use jiu-jitsu. Right, exactly. He's like, ah, fuck him. But sometimes it goes back to that controlled aggression, too. Right. You know, sometimes, you know, with Shannon, I know he's better than me at jiu-jitsu. I have the strength. I'm going to use it. Some days I just get pissed off him. You go, get the fuck off me. Yeah. You know, and you got to do that sometimes. Nothing wrong with it. That makes sense, but still. I'm trying not to throw the 130-pound kid across the room. Oh, no. John bounces. You'll be fine. <laughs> bounces right off the floor, man. All right. So I got a dumb question. Don't beat me up too much on this one. So as I've thought about, I've missed competition, wanted to get more back into it, thinking, like, I don't know if I really want to do, like, some small little local thing. I, I think I'd rather do, like, a big one where I'm actually going to see people in my age group, in my weight class, and, and go fight those guys instead of showing up to like a local one. Like, oh well, there's right. there's one super heavyweight, and oh by the way, he's 22 years old and was a college wrestler. Right. I'm like, well, fuck. 
Right. You know, because like I'm not trying to be the best in the world. Like I'm just looking like, hey, go have fun, compete, do that kind of. I just kind of get those emotions back and have a good time. And I guess obviously learn and you know kind of test my skills obviously as well. But what what are the what are your kind of thoughts on that instead of like jumping into like a big one compared to trying to do like a smaller competition and kind of working your way up and getting used to competing. Um, put him on the spot. He's like, yeah. oh god, I can't <laughs> think. I like hearing. I, I mean, I like hearing what guys that maybe don't coach as much and are more like involved in like just learning and training as opposed to like a coaching aspect. So like, it's interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why they're here. Don't yeah, sure. add yeah, to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's not just the Shannon show. I, no, I love it. I love hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I I see both sides of it. I, th- I think it's good to to get into those those more of those local shows just to cut your teeth a little bit and you know get an idea of what competition is about and get that feeling and get that experience and you know know how you're going to react and you know you're not know that I'm not one of those guys that I you know smack myself like Shannon said hype myself up to try to hide that fear you know those emotions you're having so I I think it's good in that aspect you know you know kind of like those uh you know, like the local East Coast tournament that, that we go to and then, you know, some of the, the grappling industries, things like that. I think it's good to get, you know, maybe at least a couple of those under your belt. And then, you know, at least, you know, how you're going to react and you at least have that experience and then go into that IBJJF level and things like that. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be more there's going to be more structure there. You know exactly when you're fighting and everything so that, you know, you're you know how you should be composed. Now how accurate is that? If they say you're going to fight at 1215. You're going to fight at 1215. IBJJF. You actually, you your ass know. is on that mat at 12. Like, you're either on the mat at 12 15 or earlier so it's not like <laughs> yeah. oh well we're running two hours behind no, so go chill that's there. why yeah. they only they only allot for so many competitors that makes sense so like they're like all right listen like it's not like a local tournament that wants to get as many competitors as they can because the more competitors they get the more money they make yeah so they're like they'll take anyone so they'll be like yeah you know your division might not like the tournament may start at like eight o'clock but your division doesn't start to like three three thirty and you right. don't even know that so you just have to wait until your division starts well that's like yeah that tournament that we went to that shall remain nameless yeah oh yeah we didn't compete until like 5 p.m yeah garrison missed a match that he just got lost in the shuffle yeah they're like yeah sorry we when lost were you it. supposed to compete he was he his match got switched over because his competitor was going on another mat and they were supposed to be competing so they skipped it in the computer to like go to the next match and since it logged through it must have just picked a winner and they were like yeah sorry you know it, you have to take third because <laughs> That's horse shit. Yeah, but Trust it's because me. they overbooked. Yeah, you know, because they, they they do like, hey, if you come help us out, you can register for free, and then they've right. got fifty extra people coming in last minute, and right. they go, well, right, yeah, tough so, shit. So the unfortunate thing is, is you know, shows like oh that, no, <laughs> you might have negative experience with, with things like that, but yeah, at least yeah. you're gonna you know find out how how you like to compete and how you're gonna feel and everything, and at least you know get the experience. So, I completely understand where yeah. you're coming from with that. Whereas I look at that like I've done enough competition, I kind of know what well, kind of like gets the, me like moving and rolling and that kind of stuff that we do in here, and we do the one-on-one positional and everything, and that's that, that's that's, 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 be... that's just more humiliating because it's like come out for five seconds, get swept, get back in line. Well, no, it, <laughs> well, it's gonna do, it's it's gonna simulate it more. I mean, there, there's everybody else running around the circle, and they're all watching you go out with with another guy and you know seeing who's going to score first so it, it's the same thing right you know it there's there's more of an audience with us running around while you're out there trying to take the dude down sweep him whatever and i'd argue it's so, a bigger deal because all eyes are on you and you know it as yeah you're not gonna to, stop like, at a match nobody stop wants, hearing about nobody it nobody yeah. wants to get taken down by tommy dover right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, like hand bump devil yeah, right. <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts on 
Uh, Me being a dumbass and wanting to like go <laughs> IBJJF tournament instead of a local. <laughs> I I can see both sides. I think you know you make a good point where at an IBJJF IBJJF tournament you'll have the competition that's appropriate for you in terms of yeah age. Mid- middle age you know unathletic like let's do this thing. <laughs> well, let's not go unathletic, but um, you know you'll have you'll have that appropriate match which means less risk for injury um on the other hand you know there's more pressure and you might have to manage expectations a little bit more you know so you might not go in there thinking all right i'm gonna win i'm just gonna go in there figure out what i would like to do as opposed to a local tournament where it's like some schmuck that's been training a month and a half let's go kill him you know And, and you're expecting to win so there's both sides and it really depends on how dialed in you feel right now. You know? Like like with jujitsu itself yes. or okay. Yeah. Okay. Shannon. So I think that if you're a younger competitor, the more local tournaments you do, the better. And then as you get a little bit older, a little bit more experience, go to a bigger tournament. But if you're an older competitor, so if you're already in the masters, I think going to a IBJJF tournament is much more beneficial than you going to a local tournament. And here's why. So you could show up now. Let's just use like, um, let's use someone that's like in, in master one. So let's say they're like master one's that's year, 30 the, to 35. Yeah. Right? The year you turn 30 to 34 and then 35 to 39 is master two. So let's just use a guy that's, let's just use a guy that's in master two. So he's like 36, 37 years old. He goes to a local tournament and he's a white belt or, you know, let's say he's a blue belt, whatever. And he, gets there and there is one guy in his division but he doesn't know that till he gets there but in the adult division in his weight in in that particular weight class let's say they're in middleweight in the adult division let's say there's 10 guys so sometimes they'll just go okay well, we'll just lump everyone together yeah so you guys a 37 year old guy could fight a blue belt that's 21 yeah okay that doesn't sound too fun for most masters competitors not exactly well that's what happened to wyatt constantly yeah yeah. oh yeah all the time so you know you could be even older than that like i feel horrible for the fucking females that do it because sometimes for the females there's not nearly as many female competitors as our male competitors but they could show up and they could be all right we're just gonna do like a big absolute for the females so like maddie could show up and do the fucking female division and they could put her against like a purple belt that weighs 200 pounds and be like here here you know compete like i just don't agree with that And now she's got somebody who's like Way more talented than she just because she's a purple belt yeah. and outweighs her. It's like, yeah. oh shit, that's right. The recipe this for destruction. Go. So, yeah, yeah, right. So with like the IBJJF, you can see how many competitors are in your weight before you even get there. So everyone signs up. You can see the fucking breakdown of how many people are in each weight, and those people are guaranteed. Like you can't go from. Like if you're like in the masters, you can't do the masters and do the adult. You have to just pick one. Okay, so like. Everyone that's registered for like master, you know, two blue belt middleweight, like there could be five competitors in there and that's it. Like they can't be fucking 22 years old and come up into the master's division. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. So you can see how many people are in your fucking division. You know what time the division's going to go and you're guaranteed to fight guys that are your age and your weight. It's guaranteed. You're not going to go to some local fucking podunk tournament and they're going to be like, well, you know, no one showed up in your weight, so you know you either can fight absolute or yeah, or, or you yeah, or you go down into the adult division and you could be fucking forty years old and go down and fight kids that are twenty. I'm not saying if you have the skill to do it, 
But if you're a fucking yeah, but, white yeah, but belt, ap- apples to apples, I mean, right. the twenty year old has such an advantage. Absolutely. So I think like if you're a little bit older, the IBJJF is definitely going to be more appealing to you because it's much more structured. Whereas like when you're young, if you're like 19, 20, you know, twenty one years old, going to a local tournament is not really that big of a deal because you're probably going to be one of the younger guys in your bracket. You know what I mean? But not to mention then, it's also the learning experience. Let's get a bunch of competition under your belt. So the time that you're right. ready to be really competitive yeah. at 25, right. you've already done a shit ton. You know what to right. do. You're already there. Yeah. Whereas like me as, as a Masters 2, I'm like, well, I'd rather fight other Masters 2 than some 22-year-old ex-college you know, wrestler. Like, well, shit. Right. But that, again, that's just kind of where my head went. But I don't know. All right. I know we need to wrap this up because Shannon's got to go here. So do you have any uh, closing thoughts for competitors maybe just in general maybe some good tips and tricks you've learned along the way Devin go first I I think the biggest thing is it all goes back to um you know just don't do anything out of the ordinary that you know you don't usually prepare for like Shannon said when you go to train normally you know don't don't smack yourself in the face if you don't do that don't you know don't do it in general yeah yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) I, I think I think it all just goes back to you know that being trying to hide those emotions and you know everybody's feeling it you know that that guy across from you could be feeling the same way so it's just about you know um you know figure out you know like we were talking about your your home base your go-to things and off of that and just you know continuously drill that and that's really the best way you're going to prepare for that you know continuing to show up training and doing those live rounds and you know simulating and that's about it yeah makes sense ben i'm gonna piggyback off Devin. um you copycat (laughs) no 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 so like i think learn how to control your emotions you know control recognize that freeze response and how to get out of it you know if if i freeze i know immediately cross collar grip sit down um that's what i'm gonna do and that gets me to my game that's a, that spot, me- that's a spot where you can kind of rest but it yes. leads into other places where you can attack as well just like the hand right yeah yep, exactly um have your safety safes have your safety safe that's <laughs> um yeah, so recognize your freeze response and how to get out of it and learn how to control your emotion because that's what's going to kill you. If you're all hyped up and you... You're eventually going to have adrenaline. Hyper, yeah, and you hyperventilate. Two minutes in, it's going to suck. So figure out a good way to control that and just get into your rhythm. Makes sense. Coach? I mean, honestly, for competition, like it just has to be something that you look forward to doing. Something that you enjoy, not something that you regret or something that you dwell on. And the biggest thing is put yourself around people if you're a competitor that are like-minded that also want to be competitors. If you want to be a competitor, you have to train with guys who want to be competitors, not guys that are like hobbyists that don't give a shit, that don't care about being good because you're not going to have the training partners that you need to do so. I always tell these guys, like, win, great. If you lose, we love you anyway and walk off the mat. Make sure you represent us well. Like, shake hands, keep your head up, don't throw a hissy fit. Don't, yeah, be you know, respectful. If you're going to get mad, man, go get mad in the back where no one can see you. You know what I mean? Like, handle your I, shit. I, right I think there. that really comes down to, like, be a good steward of the gym, yeah. specifically, like, have yeah. some pride with that. And just, yeah. again, if you want, yeah. if you win, don't yeah. jump around like you've never yeah. done it before act in your like, life. Act like, act like you like expected. Before. Act like you expected yeah. to and, win. And if you lose, shake their hand, yeah. pat them on the that. butt, and then yeah. go in the back room, yeah. break something if you have to. Fine. And, but honestly, that's the big thing with competition <laughs> is just, you know, it's got to be something that you really enjoy and look forward to. But at the same time, it's too many people, I think, put a lot of pressure on themselves. It's like, well, if I lose, I, I will tell you, like, I never want people to think that because they lose that. 
I'm upset with them. I'm only going to get mad at you if you go out there and you don't try. But if you go out there and fucking fight as hard as you can, you give it 100%. And Because I can tell, like, you can always see effort. You know what I mean? And if it just doesn't go your way, bro, it just doesn't go your way. There's always going to be somebody yeah. better. That always that's happens. That's okay. And at the end of the day, like, maybe you're the best guy at that tournament on that day, and that's great. But sometimes you might run into someone that beats you. But at the end of the day, man. Or somebody just has your number yeah. that day. But it's, I always say it's just jujitsu. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the thing that like you could go to a tournament man and, and fucking lose and no one's gonna be like yeah like no one's gonna be like, yeah i remember when you lost in the tournament fucking eight years ago like we may laugh about it like if something like funny happened but like no one gives a like, shit like pulling side control yeah like no one <laughs> no one gives a shit if you go to a tournament and, and you and you lose you know what i mean like it's just something that losing is part of the game and if you can't handle it then i would tell you like you have no business going out and competing but if you can if you can go out there and enjoy doing competition and doing it for the right reasons, maybe it's something like a bucket list item or something that you just need to do because you have like that anxiety that you want to try to work out, then fucking go for it, man. And if you lose, hey, dude, stand up, shake hands, walk off the mat, and you know, hopefully you're around a, a support system that understands that losing is part of the game. Because if you walk off the mat and you go to your coach who, you know, is like, you know, I've seen coaches fucking throw fucking chairs. You know what I mean? Like flip out, fucking scream at their like for what, man? Like why yeah. would I? Why would I want to do this if you're just gonna get mad at me? But, Even if because if I try my best and I lose and you're still fucking mad at me, why would I want to do this anymore? And but first if, of all, we're yeah, all dude. hobbyists. Yeah, this man. isn't our job. And yeah, even man. if it was, yeah. act like a professional. Yeah, man. What are we doing? Hey, man. This isn't yeah. a six-year-old temper tantrum. It's fine. Calm down. Yeah. At the end of the day, like I said, you can always see effort. And anytime these guys go out and compete and they try their best, man, they come off the mat, win or lose, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, like. It's always the people that aren't the competitors that fucking are the are the quickest ones to critique them. You know what I mean? It's the fucking guys that sit on the couch and critique the guys in the UFC. The keyboard warriors, yeah, so to man. Speak. Go ahead and like get your ass out there. If you're so good, why don't you go out there? Oh, well, you know, I don't. Yeah, then shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. That's my advice to people that are on the on the fucking internet that talk so much shit about like the first people to critique guys that like you know there's guys all over the internet critiquing dudes last night at, at who's number one, and it's like. Dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you wouldn't last a minute with any of those dudes on that card. So shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, exactly. That's that's my advice to those people is shut the fuck up. I can dig it. Like, I know back in weightlifting, like, I loved competing. It was, it was Training was fun. We always had a good time. But it was always about those big competitions. And for me, being a master's athlete, it was one, maybe two a year. That's about all I could handle. One year, I did, like, four meets in a year. And it was just – I was wrecked. It was so bad. I actually went backwards for almost two years after that. It was nuts. But – for me, it's always just been about being calm. Like Ben, you talked about earlier, like listen to some music, chill out, control your emotions so things don't get too crazy. I was a, a Joe Hogan talked about back when he was doing Taekwondo. He would like take a nap and his opponents would see him taking a nap and be like, he's so calm. He can just, shit, this is going to suck. He was playing head games and I love that. Like, I, I like the idea of like being that calm, cool assassin. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. But right. yeah. nonetheless, who knows? I don't know. So hopefully we'll compete soon. Well, I, hopefully I'll compete soon. You guys will compete again, and we'll have some fun. Unless Boyos, it's always a blast. Thank you so much. But we got to get out of here, and Shannon's got shit to do. So <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Now, that was a blast. There was lots of great information in there about competing. These guys are just a wealth of knowledge. That was a good time. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that as much as I know that I did. And definitely, again, hopefully there was some 
good nuggets in there if you were looking to compete and things to maybe look at or think about differently about your training. Well, if you guys are still listening, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all your support. It really does mean the world to me. And the biggest thing we can do right now to help support the show is to go out wherever you're listening to this and leave it a five-star review. That is the best thing we can do right now, and that really helps the algorithms of the different uh, podcasting apps to really get it bumped up in the rankings, and hopefully we can get it out to new people. And obviously... Share it with your friends, you know, uh, share it on social media if you liked it, all that kind of good stuff. And hey, even if you hated it, you know, let us know. We, I know I definitely need to get better and we'll definitely have more fun in the future. But that's all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.